Welcome new listeners, I'm Arthur Howell, the host of Two Cents Critic. If you want to move for reviews of books, movies, and TV shows, then join in. Today, we're going to be diving into a recap of the 2023 Oscars. Yes, they just unfolded, and now we're going to be breaking down the awards and some other interesting little moments for the ceremony. And joining us for this discussion are Misty Rose, who has been a previous guest on Two Cents Critic, and Jared, who is a newcomer for the program. Say hello, you two. Hi, gamers. <laughs> so lame. Already with the beef. Already with the beef. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so beefy between you two. But I'm glad to... It will be a running theme. But I'm glad to have you on, Misty, glad to have you back, and then Jared, glad to bring you on for the first time. I was here the last time. What are you talking about? I was totally here. <laughs> you were here in spirit. For the listeners who may not know, Misty and I also did an Oscar predictions episode, predicting the winners after the nominations were handed out, and Jared sent in his, uh, his predictions and his personal picks for the nominations, and so I included them on that episode. So he was, in a, he was present in spirit, but now he's here with his voice. Finally, so I can yell at oh, it's, I'm long overdue. So we can, yeah, we're gonna go at it. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> um, I should say also, I I know in that first episode, you guys were dogging on me having two things in my picks category. I want to clarify that wasn't me just copping out. I was like, it was like one of them is like I want that one to win, but if this one wins too, it's all right. I won't be too mad. Okay. If, sure, if, that's if at all. Yeah. Yeah. I was not a donger here and mm-hmm. on that episode, but in any case. <laughs> yeah, so again, the 2023 Oscars, you know, let's just, I feel like we, you know, let's just, you know, go, go back into our brief, you know, some brief thoughts and feelings overall on the event, you know, what do we think about it. Uh, Jared, let's kick off with you first. Well, this was only the second Oscars I ever watched. Um, the first one was last year, which w- what a one to start off <laughs> But <laughs> that was kind of uh, a weird one. But this year, I, I was more confident in watching it because I'd, I'd seen most of the movies that were nominated, and, and I got to see most of them beforehand. So I, I, I kind of had more of a dog in the race this time so i had a little bit more investment in it and of course there wasn't any slaps so no. it was a pleasant yeah, evening yep, yep. all the way around Relat- rel- relatively <laughs> a cordial friendly compared to last year yes yes so yeah i had a lot of fun this sure, year sure. all right and as for you misty jack just said something ridiculous and i just had to <laughs> um i gotta see this so... hold on <laughs> okay uh, so I had a very good time. It was my first time uh, doing a like live watch party for it, like in person with people, yes. and that made it so so yeah. so much true, fun. Because we were and I was part of it. I was part of it too. We were doing it. We were doing it in house house of cinema Discord server. Yeah, they were doing it there, and then also like I had like we actually had our own gathering here in person, nice, and nice. it was super super cool. And just just being able to cheer with people was great because we were all kind of of 
we, we all kind of had the same hopes for everything everywhere all at once especially so it was like yeah i was hoy as well yes yeah the, the right vibes uh, going on so it everything was everything erupted when that happened <laughs> when it was rightfully... uh, his face uh, i loved his face so it was it was just it was it was great and then yeah i've been watching the oscars for a few years now i think uh just because I, I i started because i felt like it it was like i might as well cool I've sort of been hearing about uh, movies, and I, I tried to start keeping up with new releases a few years ago. So it, it's been very boring, sort of, for the past few years, just sort of watching, caring about like one or two movies. <laughs> and then, like, since last year and this year were the ones where I really started to care more. And it's like, oh, yeah, I, ha- I have a lot of teeth in the game. I, I, I know. I think I know. <laughs> so. <laughs> It's, it's it was nice. I really and overall enjoyed it. All right, all right. And as for me, I've been watching the Oscars. I think I've been like for quite a few years now. Even like even when I was little, like maybe like you know in my tween years, perhaps. Even if I wasn't fully watching the Oscars, it was something that you know I I knew about. I knew about. Maybe it would be on in the background, and so I would maybe pay a bit of attention to it there. Over the past few years, though, I definitely have become more invested in it. I feel like especially the year of you know, of Coda winning Best Picture. I feel like that was a year where I was paying more attention to it, definitely. Even if I wasn't, like, watching all of the movies, and I wasn't quite a, a cinephile back then, like I am now. Or even, like, the year when Nomadland won Best Picture. I feel like I was also... I was paying more attention to the Oscars at that time than I, you know, than I usually was. But for this particular Oscars, for the, for the 95th Oscars, this was definitely the year where I was the most invested in it. I was watching, like, I didn't complete the whole watch list for the Oscars, but I completed about maybe, like, 80% of it, or 85%. This was the most I've ever done. So, but I have yet, I have yet to, to have a year where I watch everything, but it will come sometime, maybe next year. I'll try for next year. But for this year, you know, I was watching stuff, and there was a, there was a lot of things to root for. It's, uh, of course, everything of all at once, obviously, rooting for that. And for Michelle Yeoh and uh, and Kihei Kwan and you know I was really want I wanted Stephanie Hsu to win and and, and there were up, there were some ups there were some downs we'll be talking about downs obviously in particular there were some you know some downs I have mm-hmm. definitely but I feel like overall this was a pretty good this was a, this was a pretty good ceremony you know again not perfect have some big issues that I, you know we'll talk about but overall pretty good you know pretty good I I feel positive overall. I feel like if you just showed me a list of the winners and that's the only context you gave me and not any of like what they were up against, I would look at it all and be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Like it, they, it seems like they all, except for maybe a couple, a couple, a couple of them specifically, I'd be like, yeah, okay, this is a pretty good year. Everything kind of deserved what it got. Yeah. But I mean, then you kind of look at what some of these categories had and <laughs> You see what won, and you're like, oh, huh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, it's certainly, certainly no year like the year of Green Book winning Best Picture. It's not that. Oh, God. No. <laughs> or the year of Crash winning Best Picture. We're, we're, we're beyond that, thankfully. <laughs> yeah, but just, yeah, so again, pretty good. I feel like pretty good. And yeah, all right, so now we've given our overall thoughts and feelings. And 
I don't know. Do, do you want to cover a smaller category like like Schwartz first, or do you want to talk about Jimmy Kimmel first? What do you want to do? Uh, I think I think I've probably got more thoughts on shorts because I I watched all of them except for I think like one or two. So <laughs> I didn't because I had better things to do. <laughs> I've watched most of the shorts, not most all of them, but most of them. So I don't know. Mm. Have some thoughts. Misty was prioritizing women talking over. over. Yeah, was oh, this, this good? Yes. I guess we no board. And I did actually guess all the short categories right, even though I didn't watch them. So I was keeping up with the conversation. Interesting. So I was That's still good. Involved. Well, so for the short, so let's go to short then, because for live action short, the winner was an Irish goodbye, and that was up against uh, Evalu, Left Peel, Night Ride, and the Red Suitcase. Now, I was personally rooting for the red suitcase, but I'm okay with an Irish goodbye. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. And what, what about you? I, I was, yeah, I was watching Irish Goodbye, and I was like, I think I watched that after the red suitcase. And I was like, my first pick would be red suitcase, but they might give it to Irish Goodbye, and that'd be okay. Yeah. As long as it's not Night Ride. No. <laughs> oh, no. How is that even nominated for a short? Was this transphobic? They always pick yeah. that, apparently. They, they always have, like, a problematic pick. It was just you. Yeah, that was strange. And and then I love to appeal. I was I was okay with that, but I wasn't I wasn't like oh this has to win. It was like yeah you know it was okay. Like you know I gave it three stars in the box. If all it was the only one I didn't watch and live action so it's same. Okay. Yeah, I I couldn't find a good way to watch that one. <laughs> Yeah, so, and I was goodbye for live action short, and then for animated shorts. Now this, I feel like, you know, I, so, okay, so, so the winner was The Boys of More, The Fox, and The Horse, which I have not seen, but I've heard so many complaints about it. I was personally, oh, yeah. it's, I've heard it's like shallow, um, shallow apparently, my, shallow, is, is, it, is that a good word for it, or what? I, I'd say a couple of my favorite letterbox reviews that I saw, and I don't know the username, sorry, <laughs> but... One of them called it Live, Laugh, Love the Movie, <laughs> which is very It's like every line is trying to be that line yeah. where it's like schmaltzy. It's like every line out of a character's mouth is just like this cheesy, like you could print it on or embroider it and hang it on your wall. So <laughs> and an, every line. So an animated short version of what's gone basically. Yeah, I, I'm a little more schmaltzy than Forrest Gump. Oh, I think Forrest Gump is very schmaltzy in a bad way. I hate it. Uh, more of a testament to how how <laughs> the, the boy, the fox. No offense to people who love the movie. I I know people love Forrest Gump. I think I think yeah. Dax I think Dax is a fan of it. So you know, it's like you can love it. I'm just gonna hate it. I'm gonna hate it. Okay, okay, Misty, Misty can be a fan of it too. Misty can be a fan of it too. I, I kind of do. I literally went to the Bubblegum Shrimp Company this year because I liked the movie. I was like, I need to go to eat that at the restaurant and I need to like go take photos because I like the movie. You like, just had to, huh? I had to. You I mean, I went to? all the way to the fucking beach. I said I might as well go to this damn restaurant because I like the movie. Well, that's how I am with the diner from Twin Peaks. So, <laughs> no. I'm going to go there. Screw you. I'm going to do it. <laughs> just you wait. And I will be so mad when that happens. But exactly, stay mad. That is damn short because I also have thoughts. I did not see them, but I uh, I think everyone that I was with did watch the shorts, and they, it's basically what they said. I can't remember exact quotes, but the ones that they I think it's like 
what's the hardest thing you have to do? What's the hardest thing you have to do? Be kind or something like that. And it's like that kind of like. Um, (laughs) I will also say the plot is very like. I think it it starts out spoilers by the way, but I it's like ten fifteen twenty minutes, but it starts out and the boy is like I can't find my home and I was like this is gonna end with the four of them getting together and they all just go you guys are my home home isn't the place and that's exactly right. what happened. <laughs> all right, so it's kind of predictable there. Yeah, I I'll say the animation itself was really good, like the actual art of it was nice it was nice to look at it looked um well crafted but <laughs> the lines the dialogue and the story just it didn't do it it didn't work it, it worked as a, a children's book it maybe should have stayed as a children's book as i was gonna say that it was actually a children's book i yeah. didn't know this until today so like okay that does explain the the writing yeah. how it's very simplified the writing to walk the wall like like, like a fable sort of thing so mm-hmm. i can understand much. that something you would read a child for bedtime but it, to teach it's your kid good strong morals yeah. right it's yeah. just best animated short film out of the other ones yeah i, I mean because, that would really be the best award and i haven't seen all of the i haven't seen all of the shorts but the other ones were so, so flying sailor which i have not seen and then the rest, the other three I did see, Ice Merchants, My Year of Six, and an author told me the world is fake, and I think I believe it. And I think that all- my pick. Oh. Well, yeah, all three of these, all, all three of these, I think were generally good, and, but my favorite was My Year of Six. Okay. I was really hoping that would win the, the award. I was, either that or Ice Merchants. If Ice Merchants won, it would be like, okay, you know, that's good too, that's actually really good too. But My Year of Six, I really was in that one. I kind of have the backwards opinion. I wanted Ostrich to win. Ice Merchants would have been fine. My Year of Dicks, like, I could see it winning, but it wouldn't be my personal choice. I do like the, like, every chapter is a different genre kind yeah. of thing blended in with their life. Um, um, reminded, really me, nice reminded me of the Outer Party on Apple TV+, Plus, which also has that same style of, oh, let's have, like, a rom-com for one episode. Oh, it does? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, you know. Oh, interesting. I highly recommend it. And I feel like I feel like not enough people have watched the after party on Apple TV Plus. And I'm like, go watch it. It's like a rom com for one episode, a Fast and Furious movie for another episode, a thriller for another episode. <laughs> it's 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 like, You see, I was interested in it. I didn't know it had that kind of like style change. I haven't watched anything on Apple TV Plus. So. Apple TV Plus. <laughs> it's, uh-huh, L. It's, it's it's really good. It's and the, the mystery is clever. It's got some. It's got a great a great cast. I love the cast in this in this show. Probably one of the best cast I've seen on a TV show. Isn't not Adam Scott? Who's the uh, Ben Schwartz? He's in oh that, Ben right? Schwartz. I like he he's great. Sam Richardson, Ike Baron Holtz. I'm like, I'm sold just on Ben Schwartz. I'll watch anything with him. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he... I didn't know I need to watch stuff on there. I, I will eventually. I'm just... Zoe Chow, uh, Dave Franco, Tiffany Haddish, Alana Glazer, Jamie Dimitriou. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be a second season as well. I, I'm pumped for that second season to come out. Ooh. Yeah, but back to the Oscars. So, yeah, so that that was the winner for Enemy Schwartz, The Boy, The Mold, The Fox, and The Horse. 
It was funny to me when they won, too, because he even got up on the stage and apologized. <laughs> was that the guy that apologized? No! No! Who that apologized? Is, yes, yes, but, like, at this, but that, you bitches, you're saying, like, he's, you're saying that he's sorry that they won or something? No, he said, he, he said sorry for another thing. It was for another reason. But uh, he oh, didn't make that. I forget what the reason was, no, though. He, he said, just got oh, up no, on no, there no, just was no, like, I'm he sorry. Said, <laughs> he said, I'm sorry that everyone that was involved couldn't be here. That was what oh, he said. Oh. That, uh, and it's, mm, yeah. Okay. Did you watch so, the same broadcast? Well, no, I, don't, that was what I, don't, I don't remember. Like, I don't remember. I don't I remember, remember him yeah, saying it was that like I was part. I remember that yeah, I think it's everyone that was involved couldn't be here to to went to be and like accept this award in person and it's like y'all are thinking that he's apologizing to the other ones like Jesus. No, I straight up I didn't I maybe we watched different broadcasts. No, but... no, no, I I wish no. I I wish I could remember. I swear he just yeah. said I apologize and then jumped into his I wish I could remember it wasn't if I can't, but Yeah, I might have to go back and rewatch it. I, no, I, I'm telling I, the I... truth. <gasps> I but. swear, he just got up there and went, sorry. No! He's just like, <laughs> so I'm sorry to, to everyone. I don't remember. But he, everyone just heard, I'm sorry, and they like ran with him. They're like, oh my god, he's apologizing to the other. He's apologizing <laughs> for winning. Like, no, you didn't I even, hear. I feel like I waited to jump on that train for him to keep like I don't finishing his thought. And he, I swear, he just said, I'm sorry. That's it. <laughs> you didn't hear what he had to say. <gasps> I did. I tried to. <laughs> I saw, because uh, you guys were ahead of me, so I actually saw that you were typing that in the chat, and I was like, what the hell? And then I listened more attentively. I was like, that's not what he's saying at all. <laughs> oh, no. I have to Google this now. <gasps> no! Well, while you're, yeah. while you're Googling that, while you're Googling that, I would say that for a sound, Top Gun Maverick was the winner against All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar's Way of Water, The Batman, and Elvis. Mm. And I'm okay with that, also. I'm like, you know, yeah, you know, Top Gun Maverick, you know, it's got some sound, sure, in it, you know. Even though Nope should have gotten a, a nomination and probably should have won. Oh, yeah. Through. That was one of the categories that I changed. So there's two categories that I changed my, my guess the very night of, and that's one of them. And I got it right. I had All Quiet originally, and then I just changed it to Maverick. Because I thought, yeah. It adds to the whole thing. Whether you really feel like you're in there with with them flying around, it's very important. Oh, yeah. sure, like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> the camera was. Sure. The camera was in there. Yeah. <laughs> Which you know, yeah, but you know, that's that was your face. Um, excuse me. I would have. <laughs> Don't give me that sass. Speak up. Was <laughs> <laughs> um, your face? I personally would have liked Batman to get the sound. Oscar just because they didn't nominate it for scores. Yeah. Uh, it needed it needed another audio win for something. Michael Tacchino Batmobile. What Michael? That was the when only they score. The clip, when they played the clip of like for the best sound, I was like, oh yeah, that that rules. That but Batmobile. Yeah. Hey, it was really, really good. But I, I felt confident that they would award Top Gun Mavericks. So it's like, yeah, I'll keep my guess. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. We can. We'll talk more about the Batman score snub. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and then after that, makeup and hairstyling went to the whale. Uh, the other nominees were All Quiet on the Western Front, The Batman, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, and Elvis. Uh, yeah, The Whale. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, um, I know, an interesting choice. <laughs> I know. In the first episode, I specifically said that like. I don't want it to go to Elvis because you know they're it's just recreating looks. There's not like the the same element of like creativity to it. 
but if awarding it to the whale was the other side of that, <laughs> I would have loved it to go to that instead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we, we won, but at what cost? <laughs> I had Elvis as my pick because I thought, yeah, obviously I thought mm-hmm. Oscar voters would go for that. Oh, they made it look so much like Elvis. Oh, the makeup on Tom Hanks. It's but so what about cool. the, so and, and then, yeah. But also the Batman. Uh, Jared, did it, I forget, did you Pick the Batman though. Did I? Did you also include the Batman? I picked, because of Penguin. I don't remember if I picked it. I know I. I it was in my pick. I don't. I'm gonna check out history. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go through it. our Discord messages and see what you says. I have it. I have it pulled up as well. I um, think that he did have it. For, I picked um, the Batman, but I predicted Elvis. Oh, okay. And I said yeah. there was a big yep. everything everywhere snub. Yep, I, you have written oh, big E E A A O snub. You written you wrote here. <laughs> big with um, more flies. Big, big, big. I don't know why that got in over All Quiet. I mean, All Quiet was was very important too, but like I still, honestly, mm-hmm. I thought the the like some of the makeup in in All Quiet was like super over the top. Like mm-hmm. I'm thinking of the mud at the end when he's his face is totally caked. I like the I, I like the mud. I, really, I liked it. Interesting. Also, like when they're in the cold and their like nose is like super red and like their eyes and cheeks are like completely blue. It's just like I get what they're going for, but it just looks so like over the top in your face with it that it kind of took me out of it. I know that. That's a hot take. I Interesting. Know, but... I was into Someone it. Someone has clearly never been in the cold suffering from frostbite. You clearly don't know what that I'm is. in Colorado. <laughs> I'm always in that. Oh, so you know what it's like? Yeah, is that what you're exactly, criticizing exactly. it? Or are you saying expert. you're doing too much? I'm the cold expert here. Oh, sure. <laughs> Cry about and it. And meanwhile, here in Seattle, it's a bit rainy. It's like not as rainy as it used to be. For some rain, maybe sometimes. Not as rainy, though. For some so you know what it looks like to be caked in wet mud. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. No. But I can picture it, and I know. I liked it. I liked it in the movie. I thought it was good enough. But for the for yeah, the whale. For the whale, though. No, I mean, ah, uh, you know, I, I. I mean, it just looks so fake. Well, the, the fat suit. It looks so fake. It's just, on it's him. over. I know. If we're talking over the top, that was over the top. I feel like in the whale. Yeah. Was, in the, in the I, I guess this is more a costume thing, but the like sweat trail on his back that literally makes a whale tail, like <gasps> yeah, I didn't notice that. I mean, <laughs> I think I remembered hearing about it before I watched it, and then I forgot about it, and then I watched it, and I saw it, and I was like, oh yeah, they did that. Yeah, the, you know the movie, the movie really wants to make sure you know through multiple forms. Hey, a shawty is meant to be a whale. You got that right? He's the whale. The whale! You you know that, right? You can see that? Oh, that's not... <laughs> Sorry, I tried to Google a picture of the sweat stain. And, um... um Jared, what did you find? I, I can't send it on the app, but I'll DM you guys on Discord. Jared, what did you find? Uh-oh. What, what the fuck? <laughs> That's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> we'll say that. 
it doesn't look particularly exciting when he's sitting down, but like obviously it does just look more fake like when he's actually getting up and yeah, everything. It looks but like it's that's... just padding and like you, you yeah. can see that it's weight hanging off of him and yeah, not like actually I, a part of him. I still feel like they did put a lot of effort into it. So that's what they wanted to like go for. Like, oh they they really put a lot of thought into this. It doesn't just look like, yeah. oh, it's just a fat suit on him. Like, they did more, but still, wait, yeah, Wait, 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 so, it wait, so am I seeing this? Such a, it looks not like a whale, but like a, a penis and two paws? Yeah. No, yeah, that's Okay, exactly okay. <laughs> that's exactly I, I wanted to make sure. I wanted to make sure. <laughs> yeah, this is a different thing altogether, but it looks, <laughs> yep. That's um. That is not a. If a, if your whale's tail looks like that, you might need to get it looked at. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, but yeah, but, oof. Yeah, not maybe not the greatest choice for like you know fat phobic reasons, but oh well, the whale yeah. now has that attached to it. <laughs> moving, <laughs> moving on from that, and moving on from our amateur little laughter, all quite on the western front. Don't know what we were laughing at. All quite on the Western front did win uh, some other awards, one of them being production design over Avatar The Way of Water, Babylon, Elvis, and The Fablemans. <laughs> you know, I feel like All Quiet does have some good production design, although I feel like Babylon, I think even like, I think even like, I even picked my personal pick was Babylon on the mm-hmm. predictions episode. For me, it kind of goes back to my feelings on the Elvis, where it's like, it's a lot of the production design on All Quiet is the World War One trenches and that kind of stuff. And it's like, we've seen that before, uh, like, a lot. <laughs> it's not that impressive to me anymore to see a good-looking World War One trench. Of course, there's other set pieces, like the barns and the, um, the political aspects have pretty cool uh, sets. But just, like, overall, most of the movie takes place in, like, war themed sets and it's like we've seen that before give it to something like kind of new and fresh like babylon oh yeah all of those sets those beautiful those beautiful wonderful sets yes i really wanted babylon to win personally yeah like i get it it's i mean been... babylon babylon just got how <sighs> oh, babylon did not get the love it deserved not for collection design obviously we'll be talking about it later for score but so well <laughs> yeah, all quiet. And I'm sad about it. And I only saw two thirds of the movie. <laughs> I, that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. But you need yeah. to finish it, Jared. You must finish it. I do I'm waiting on that 4K. I'm. I've canceled my Amazon pre-order because apparently, um, <laughs> apparently Amazon discounts new 4Ks like a week after they come out now. So. <laughs> oh, disrespectful. That For was real. so disrespectful. Oh no. <laughs> I want to get it too, but I'll wait too. I'll wait. Yes. Uh, and then, and then for, for film editing, the winner was everything, everyone at once, running up against the Banshees of Inisherin, Elvis, Tar, and Top Gun Maverick. And I feel like obviously, like WWO, it had to be the winner. And I credit also to Paul Rogers, who was the edit- editor for the movie, and he was just mm-hmm. editing the movie, and it is just amazing that that he was able to handle all of this work. The editing is such a huge component of the movie. If, if that was terrible editing, then it, it would have made the movie, I feel like, pretty unwatchable. So, 
Huge credit to him, and, and, and just in general, editing is such an important part of movies because it, it, it really can just like piecing the scenes together or using different takes of like, you know, with, with actors and how they say certain lines or how long you let a scene go on. Like if you let, if you let a scene drag on, even if it's just a, a second too long, even half a second too long, that can affect us viewers, even subconsciously. So you need to get it just, you know. Yeah, just... the best editing is the editing you don't even notice. Correct. And... I think it was, was it Rocky Five that Sylvester Stallone recently re-edited for home media? He, he oh, did like sure. a director's cut for one of the Rocky movies, and I I just know about this from a Red Letter Media video, so <laughs> I'm, I'm not 100% sure on the specifics, but there's a lot of scenes in there that the only edit he made was he just let it linger a little longer. And it makes such a big like difference. Interesting. Like a positive or negative oh. difference? Again, <laughs> I didn't personally see it, but they were saying it was a very positive. Interesting. Um, difference. Okay. Like it, it changed the mood for the better. See? Like See? closer to what I guess Stallone originally wanted. Yeah, it just, just with a yeah. couple more seconds. Exactly, exactly. I mean, and, and and also Paul Rogers, he also used Adobe Premiere to edit the movie. Adobe Premiere, just 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 you know, this humble humble little program to edit the whole movie. I mean, just... I love that for him. <laughs> yeah. And just... Have you been seeing how many people are thirsting over Paul Rogers too? And he is ma- <laughs> he is married, by the way. He's ma- he's married. It's gotten to the point <laughs> when an article had to come out and say what? that Paul Rogers is married. He's a married man. Oh just, so you can't be like, oh, is he single? Pascalification. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a whole article saying yeah, yes, he's a married man. Oh, yeah, he's, he's cute. Yeah, he, he's I mean, you know, he, he is okay. pretty good looking. Yeah, Jared, have you seen what he looks like? I have not. I'm looking look, look him up. He is pretty good looking. That's, yeah. that's a Canadian singer-songwriter sitting next to Alice Cooper. That's not the right Paul Rogers. <laughs> not him. The one that accepted the damn award. Not, not him. Where is he? There he is. Oh, yeah, he's handsome. Yeah. yeah. And he looks like Justin Long mixed with that guy from uh, This Is Us. <laughs> Uh, oh, uh, Milo Ventimiglia? No, um, the character name is Kevin. Uh, what's the actor's name? Uh, I used to know that guy. I'm looking at him. Oh, oh, uh. Justin Hale, or Justin Hartley. Yeah, Justin Hartley. Okay, ooh, okay. Yeah, I can see the comparison. I don't get what the hell is, is wrong with people. They're like, oh, it's like, oh, he's so hot. And it's, it's like, I like to thank my wife. Oh, you're off the market. Like, can't you? You can still thirst over a married man. You're you you do not have a chance with a baby. So like Oh, we'll, and we'll... he's married too, even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean it's not like you'll ever have a chance, so like calm down. Yeah, it's a you weren't gonna change anything. It's such a it's such a strange little attitude, but oh well, whatever. People are people are thirsting over him still and but in any case, the important thing is he edited the movie, so props to him. I'm glad that the Oscar went to yes. the movie. And that timeline looked insane. I know, I, I've seen it. I saw it. It was like, woof. I just saw it on TikTok earlier today, and it's massive. <laughs> it had to have been. I mean, come on. From a movie like WWO. It looks like what my brain feels like at all times. <gasps> <laughs> oh, yeah, so, that, so that's the winner for film editing. Then for costume design, we've got Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And that went up against Babylon. Elvis, everything I've all at once, and Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. Now I was hoping for everything I've all at once, but it was also kind of the kind of thing where it's like, you know what, we're kind of forever. That's also like really deserving. If it goes to that, 
that's cool too because Wakanda Forever has some fantastic costumes. Ruth Carter doing some splendid work there. So, you know, I'm okay with that. And it happened, you know, that's what happened. This is another one that I thought Elvis was the runaway for. Because Uh there's like, how many, what were they saying at the pre-show that there was like a thousand plus costumes that they made for the for the it's like i feel like that's the oscar baby one that they would go for yeah i don't know i don't know about that i actually didn't watch the free show so i didn't catch that but mm. again you know what kind of fabulous you know great costumes just like the first movie but also everything i've wanted has some great costumes too also i a friend, a friend of mine also did watch Miss, mrs harris goes to paris and was oh, hoping for that to win because I guess costumes are not really good. It's, it's on my watch list. It's actually coming to Prime Video, I think. I think pretty soon. Oh. I think it was on Peacock. Oh, well, well, that, doesn't, well, well that doesn't matter to me. Because I don't have Peacock, so, oh well. Oh, no, no, no. It is a Prime. Okay. <laughs> what, was Pe- what was on Peacock? There was one that was like one of those weird noms. Megan? <laughs> yes, Megan, the Oscar nominated <laughs> Megan. It will be. <laughs> You wait, you just wait, it will you'll, be. You'll get your Megan nom when I get my Jackass Forever nom. It will. Okay? You just wait. Which, by joking. the way, Jackass Forever snubbed the documentary category. Does it count, though? I guess. No! I mean, they are documenting themselves doing a bunch of dumb shit. I don't know if it counts, though. It's like a real documentary. So. Uh- that's not what they ever. It's a documentary about. on the effects of immaturity and lots of um, physical contusions to the body. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so so that's the best costume design. And well, okay, so I stuck hard to it. Yeah. And then so okay, so we we mentioned uh, we mentioned the free show. Now I guess. I, I'm afraid I might forget this later, so I, I'll just bring this up now. Did you? Uh, did you? Uh, did either of you see the interview that Ashley Graham did with Hugh Grant on the red carpet before? I think it was before the Oscars. I think. I think that happened the second I got up to get snacks before the show actually started. So I I didn't see all that, but I came back and saw people freaking out about it, and I was like, "What? Okay, what, what about you, Misty? Did you see it?" I was driving. Okay. So, okay. so basically, so basically, what happened is that Ashley Graham kind of like was interviewing Hugh Grant on the red carpet, and it was and and he was being he was being very uh closed off, kind of like you can almost well because the way it happened was that she was asking stuff like you know like asking him what he's wearing. So like you know, typically people celebrities will say like, oh, you know, I'm wearing this brand of this brand of suit or this brand of dress, and he just said. Just my suit. And then when she was asking him about Grass Onion and his cameo in that, he was he said, Well, I'm barely in it. I'm in it for about three seconds. And then she said, Well yeah, but still you showed up and had fun, right? And then he said, almost. <laughs> and basically this whole interview was like he's not being he's not being outright rude, he's just being very like standoffish. He, you, can, you can almost feel him just being like I don't care about this. Can I just go now? I don't want to. Like, I'm just. I'm bored of this. And even like when he call, he's just like, I know I'm not winning Oscars. I'm not even nominated. Can I go to my seat? Okay, thanks. And it, it, <laughs> yeah, it's like, why was he there? Well, I don't. And even like when he called the whole thing, he said he called the whole thing a vanity fair. And not not as in not. And when he said that, 
she actually tried to turn around Ashley Graham and tried to be like, oh, so you're talking about Vanity Fair as in the, the brand, not like a Vanity Fair as in the phrase, like, you know, a vain, a vain event. Was just like, whoa. I just realized how narcissistic of a name for your tabloid that is as well. Vanity yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know he was a host with, with uh, I mean, he was a presenter with, with Andy McDowell for like the whole, oh, reunion because they were in a movie. But it's like, I don't know why they had to, why that had to happen. I, I don't know if it had like a special anniversary or something, but it was weird that they just <laughs> asked them to do that. He was clearly not into yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's like the whole event. So, I don't like, know. Okay. And people are really like being vehement about this and being like, "Oh, Hugh Grant, this was the worst Oscars interview. How, how could you be so rude?" And it's like, I know, like, I'll give credit to Ashley Graham for like for, for trying for like trying to like keep up with this, like I, just putting the effort into it and of trying to like coax him out and trying to ask him questions. Yeah, I feel like that's what I do at work as well when I I work at the box office of a movie theater, and there's always those customers who are just randomly like. I just want my movie ticket. I don't need to talk to you. And I'm just like, okay, but like, enjoy the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and, 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 and as for Hugh specifically, it's not like, I don't think, I personally don't think he was being a complete asshole. It just felt like, again, he's just exhausted. He isn't into this. Can I, can, can I just move along now? And I can sympathize with that. Again, he was not being a, a full on asshole. He was just like, you know, giving curt answers, which is like, I don't know. When he's been in the business for that long, for dec for decades, for that long, I could see you. I could see you getting tired of, of of all of like the the splashiness, the sparkles of of Hollywood, the vanity, the narcissism, and it's just like yeah, whatever. Can I just can I get back home now? Can I just take my pants off and maybe sit back? With- Arthur, what you're saying is it's like um, Brendan Urie with um, I Write Sins. <laughs> I wish I could get that reference, but I don't. So I'm just gonna flow. Do you wanna? Do, I do you wanna fight? I'm gonna flow along with this. Do you wanna fight? I'm poking the bear here. Yes, you are. <laughs> Absolutely. What the hell do you I mean, say? you can't deny it. He got so tired of that song. Yes, and with good reason, because people will only get excited for that one damn song and that's very annoying as an artist like the man literally just stopped singing it during concerts and just lets people go off because it's like i don't have to do this anymore y'all can do it <laughs> i love when he looks like he 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 used to always chime in at the um uh groom's bride is a whore part at least but then he started just straight up like being aggravated at that part he'd just be like the groom's bride is a god fucking damn it! <laughs> oh no! He do that now he just sort of. I let saw us him do, do that thing. once. I know one time, but like it, this time he was just kind of vibing with everyone singing it. You were distracting this podcast. Okay, well, what I was going to say before he chimed in is that it's it's just his British sensibilities coming to the surface. I feel like that's just something that. The English people are very much like that. Like, oh, whatever. Really, like, I, I don't care. Yeah, they're like, yeah. I don't want to have this whole short like, conversation. I mean, like, it's like for him, it's like he's literally just doing whatever at this point. He doesn't need to be here. And then, 
and yeah, I get why you would be so tired, especially that question. Like, who are you wearing? As if you're like, oh, you have to be wearing some like designer outfit and everything. And for him, it's like, <laughs> I, I stop it. Like, Jesus. Like, <laughs> I mean, if it- I, I, that's what I loved about um, Questlove is someone asked him what he, he, how he decided on what he was going to wear to that night. And he just went, comfort. <laughs> He's just like, I just want to be comfortable tonight. So, you know, if this was like pre, I think he said if it were pre pandemic, he'd be suffering out there in like a three-piece suit but it's post-pandemic no one cares that's loose show up in like and i mean <laughs> some, yeah. some leisure and i mean even the way the interview started you know just a bit more i don't move on and because the interview started with ashley graham asking what's your favorite thing about attending the awards and then he responded it's fascinating the whole of humanity is here it's vanity fair so that's what the vanity fair reference came in Mm. the whole of humanity is here and then after that she asked him if he was excited by the prospect of any actors winning his response was no one in particular (laughs) he's just he's just there to have a good night (laughs) (laughs) he's there and the show goes in one ear and out the other I bet if you ask him today who won anything he would not know (laughs) he won't remember (laughs) He's just living. <laughs> he'd, he'd be like, who won, paychecks, who won okay? Best Picture, Hugh Grant? And he'd be like, who was even nominated? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm not involved. I don't care. <laughs> I just know I was in Glass Onion. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe he could have Maybe he could have forgotten that. You know, the, oh, the, way, the way that Jeff Bridges completely forgot that he and Ryan Reynolds were once in IIPD that time they met. They reunited. Ooh. Ooh, I don't think they actually forgot about that. I think they're <laughs> they're saving face there. Oh, maybe that, you know. <laughs> it's like, I didn't do that movie. That doesn't exist, okay? I think I saw it when I was a very young kid on my PS Vita. And I've never seen it. Never seen it. <laughs> Me neither. I gotta rewatch that one. No. They gave it a 4K, have... so it must be good. No! <laughs> That's so strange to think of a movie like yeah. IPD getting a 4K. <laughs> it came out of nowhere, too, and everyone was like, really? That movie? But moving on, moving on. Uh, cinematography went, went to James Fenn for All Quiet on the Western Front. And the other movies were... Yeah. Deserved. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I, you know, that's a good cinematography, I think, you know, so I like that, I like that. But the other nominees were mm-hmm. Bottle, Bond's Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, Elvis, Empire of Light, and Tar. Yeah, you know, all quiet, you know. I thought it would happen. I think if there were any category that All Quiet won for, aside from International Feature, that it deserved the most, it would have been this one. Pretty much. Unless, now, now, if, now say if, if the Batman had been nominated, or nope, then... Yeah. Then it's like, hmm. Yeah. But, but like nope just had to be a horror movie in the Academy. We know how they feel about oh. that. Oh. <laughs> Which reminds me, um, Mia, I, I, did, I forgot to put this in my list on the first episode, but Mia Goth totally snubbed for Pearl. Uh, Come on now. Oh. That like eight minute model the end come on that would have been insane if she had been nominated yeah i would have like lost my shit that would have been the perfect like clip to show too yes it's 
scream. And then just hard cut to the scarecrow. 2020, <laughs> 2022 was the year of women delivering lengthy and powerful monologues. Because we had Mia Goss. <laughs> and donkey murder. We had, we had Mia Goss, but then we also had Rebecca Hall in Resurrection. So. Ooh, I still need to see that. Yes, uh, but prepare yourself, though, because Resurrection goes into some uncomfortable territory. Oh, I can oh, take I have, it. I, I haven't watched it, it yet. <laughs> it's, it's good, it's good, but, like, just, just, just prepare your stomach. I mean, after that nightmare I had the other day, I can take it. <laughs> I can take anything. Misty knows. No. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And then before moving on from cinematography, I'll just say Roger Deakins, you know, he got in some good cinematography for Empire of Light, but it's just too bad. Empire of Light was so clunky in other parts with the script and for cinematography, you know, was you know pretty stunning for that movie. Oh well. And then documentary short subject. Now I actually have not watched any of these in Swartz movie. I feel like I should have. But maybe I was better responsible yeah. here. But the winner was the Elephant Whispers, Going Up Against Hall Out, How Do You Measure a Year, The March of Visual Effect, and Stranger at the Gate. So I had my specific like thing for that. Oh yeah, I think I I just sort of guessed on this one too. Like <laughs> and I was like, I think I got this one from like Gold Derby, like their odds. And I was like, okay, I think that this one has the most votes. I'm just gonna just gonna vote for this one. And then on the night, I totally forgot who I picked, so I just picked that one again, mm. and I I got it right. So and then Jared, I didn't watch him. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen any of the documentaries oh. in either subject. Ha! I was saving them till last, and then I just I fell out of my Oscar sprint. So, <laughs> um, but I did feel like Elephant Whisperer would be the winner. Just I don't know. I don't know why I had that kind of environmentalism. Just kind of like yeah. I think that they they want to pat themselves on the back a little bit and be like, oh yeah, something about animals and taking care of. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Uh huh. That's what we're about. We love that. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, for documentaries, head empty, full of rock. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then for documentary feature, the winner was Navani. The other nominees were All That Breathes, All That Beauty and the Bloodshed, Fire of Love, and A House Made of Splinters. The only ones I saw here were Navani and Fire of Love, which I was both for. Like, if either of those won, you know, Happy, very happy. This is the other one I changed because I had a fire of love in my gold derby pick, and then the very night of the Oscars, I changed it to Navalny. Navalny, because I was seeing a lot of recent reviews in the server about it, and they were very positive. So I was like, okay, I think that this this might take it, honestly, because I'm I've been seeing a lot of uh really good reviews saying how strong it was and all that. So I was like, okay, I think that. It might take it. So that buzz, that late buzz I saw caused me to change it. I will and say I right. the, uh, the speech that they gave made me, I don't know why, but something about it just made me kind of interested in checking it out. I'll, that'll probably be one of the ones that I check out post-Oscars. Yeah, I I'm, didn't know what it was about, but like it's very, yeah, it's very sad just to think about like, oh, oh my God, he's, his family is there and he can't be there because of this whole situation that the documentary is illustrating like, wow. So fucking heartbreaking. Oh, yeah, but uh, yeah. So Navoni, you know, that that's the winner. For Fire of Love, you know, I I was really inspired by that too. Just like you know, watching these two, you know, volcanologists, you know, the couple just be so passionate about their work. 
something, you know, I mean, soon to be a fictional narrative movie. <laughs> Adapt- adapted. Ad- adapted. Wow. Damn words. <laughs> Someone's not doing good today. Listen, I've become Jack. <laughs> oh my god, literally. And then, like, so out of it. Let me take that one from the top. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> no. No. Arthur's like it stays in. Mm-hmm. Don't give him that opportunity, Arthur. You know what he's doing. Just, and I'll then... just say the word properly, and you can splice it over it. Okay. No. Adapted. Mm-mm. You don't deserve it. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I really want to hear that now. Just like I soon to be a adapted movie. <laughs> It'll be like the the Scream Six trailer. <laughs> so bad. I'm going to shoot you in the head. Or like the Succession trailer. The trailer for the newest season of Succession. Oh yeah. <laughs> And then original, original song, Not To Not To, from R.I. is the winner. The other nominees were Applause, from Sounded Like a Woman, the fake song that does not exist, Hold My Hand, from Top Gun Maverick, <laughs> Lift Me Up, oh, <laughs> Lift Me Up, from Black Panther, <laughs> kind of Forever, and This Is A Life, from Everything I've Wanted Once. And, I mean, obviously. I, I wish it went to This Is A Life, but as long as it didn't go to Hold My Hand, I'm okay. Um, I kind of thought the Not To Not Do would win, and I thought, like, especially because of the performance that they gave, I thought, if any other one wins, it's gonna look so bad, because that was clearly, like, the standout performance of the night. Yeah, so it's that was like, a fantastic. Story. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, so, like, oh, I think it really deserves Wonderful, it. wonderful, and, I mean, just some music. I've studied- some music, ah, it's an effective oh. brain. Oh, I didn't watch it the, the night after. I was tired. Uh, <laughs> I'll watch it soon, Arthur, I promise. You should. I will um, watch it when it's re-released in theaters. So I think it's going on now. I don't know. I need to see when, because I, I want to watch it. Sure, sure. I just, I'm just very glad I didn't go to hold my hands. Like, I love Gaga. She's, she is mother. But <laughs> you are wrong. a lying hypocrite! <laughs> I am not. How yes, am I you are! How? Because <laughs> you said, you told me you confessed! That you didn't, you didn't care that much about it. Like, oh, I know, I'm gay. I'm not like a super like big Lady Gaga fan. But like, I oh like my her God. music. I like her music. Yeah, it's but on, you, listen you to are it. not so, like the performance. Fan, so, like, but stop. the performance is not the best. But I, yeah, I do love her. You are yeah. so hypocritical. Listen, I'm not as big a fan of her music, but I'm a fan of her. Like, I actually mm-hmm. love her. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. But, but the performance for but, that um, isn't great. And I do it just as a life. That performance was also not top-notch, unfortunately. And I feel bad for David Byrne and, and Stephanie Hsu and, and Misky wasn't there the performance, unfortunately. But uh, I think it started out bad, but it, it pulled through towards the end. But Towards the end. just had a, a hiccup at the beginning where like Byrne was like, Way off key or something. I don't know. And I'm cr- and I'm just cringing. But, I'm just cringing, and I'm just like, oh no, I want I want this to be much better. I want this to be much better, but yeah. And then at least she got to wear her her uh, donut outfit again. True, true. <laughs> and lift me up. I also give praise to lift me up though, because of that one, you know, I feel like well, obviously I don't want not to not to to win, but I feel like if lift me up in some universe won, I wouldn't be totally upset. It was a pretty good song. You know, it got some it got some emotions out of me, lift me up. But not too not too obviously had to be the winner. And then of course applause. I don't, I don't know about I mean like, I don't know. 
I haven't, I haven't seen the movie yet, so, I don't know. I haven't even heard the song. Well, actually, no, I did hear the song, right? Sophia Carson. It wasn't until this moment, I, I saw people talking about applause, and I thought they were talking about the Lady Gaga song for some <laughs> <laughs> It's not until this moment I realized, oh, there was another nominated song called Applause. <laughs> that song screamed so much of them just sort of nominating anything that was like about women to pat themselves on the back again. Like any opportunity that they can mm. get to make them feel progressive, to make them seem and, progressive. And I want to support so and I want to and I want to support Sophia, but you know, she wasn't watching the also in Purple Hearts last year. And I was just like, "Oh Jesus." No, and no. Then, uh, it's just the lyrics where it's like you know give give yourself some give yourself some applause like uh like uh I can't remember what it said like uh like ask for respect like telling women to respect themselves or to tell people that they should be respected I'm like oh yeah this feels so mm. it's like a Megan Trainor song <laughs> oh yeah God yeah. don't remind me about that <laughs> oh I found um. it it was Jared didn't know the order of release of like Lady Gaga's most popular songs. I found oh, it. You're oh, you're talking about Jackbox? Yeah! But, like, they were very specific eras, and you, like, didn't know. Listen. Like, yeah, I, I can follow her music career. I'll listen to a good one of her popular songs every now and then. Yeah, but you're, she's not a mother to you, then. So shut she, up. No, Don't her as that. a person is a Don't mother. Don't say to that! You. Her as a person. Well, listeners, I fucking stand her. We're completely baffled <laughs> by what we're talking about. We want to play the Jackbox game, where we have to put... We had to put things in order. We had to put these blocks in order. And one of the games was putting Lady Gaga songs in order, in order of their release. So that was the whole thing. I... I wasn't playing, he was, and it was so painful to watch. Listen, I, like, oh. I don't follow her music career. I follow her as an activist. And sure, sure. Yeah, I love her as a person. Yeah, sure. Whatever, you hypocrite. <laughs> I'll go see a concert, sure. Oh, God. <laughs> and then for our original score, the winner was oh, Volker Bertelman for On Quiet on the Western Front. And the other nominees, <laughs> the other nominees were Justin Hurwitz for Babylon, Carter Burwell for the ba- for the of Interfering. Of course, Twilight fans will be happy to hear Carter Burwell's name mentioned, and Sun Lux for Everything Ever All at Once, and John Williams for the Fablemans. But no, the winner was Dun Dun Dun. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It Jesus, it was so just, annoying to hear I, that multiple times. <laughs> going for, I, I get they were trying to go for that like oppressive, dominating sound, like kind of like Papers Please, the video game. If you ever played yeah. that, but it it works for Papers Please. It just doesn't work in the context of this movie. Like it shows you this super bleak depressing scene that's like hinting at something dark and it's like super subtle about it and then you just hear <laughs> <laughs> and I and- kept playing that same loop every time that movie won so it was very annoying like please I mean I don't know because here's the Give thing when I, when I saw All Quiet I was actually into the score because I, you know again it is meant to be you know, bleak and ominous. And I noticed that, yes, it's repeating in the movie, but I was like, okay, I can actually vibe with some minimalist uh, nature of this, of this score. And kind of like how it's simple, but it also communicates a distinct mood every time it's played. And I was into that for the movie. But 
when you compare a score like that to something like Babylon, I mean, come on. One of them has to be... Or the snubbed Batman. Yeah. Uh, my heart breaks every time I think about that. I'll say this. The Batman score was the only... Just the score, not even anything to do with the actual movie. Just the score alone literally made me step out of the theater and buy a Batman comic. Like, I've never had that happen with any other, like, superhero movie or soundtrack to like an adapted movie or anything right it makes me want to seek out the source material but the batman score like i i bought comics and read it to the score after i saw the movie like it was fantastic it was such a good vibe i mean when i first heard that score I think it was back in February. I, 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 or was it January or February? I don't know. I think I told this story before in the podcast, but I'm telling it again. I think it was January when I first heard the score, the main theme came out on Spotify. And I listened to it, mm-hmm. and as soon as I listened to that main theme, the Batman theme, I was like, holy crap, this mm-hmm. might win the Oscar already, just from that one piece. And then we heard the Riddler theme, and then the Catman, I, I said Catman, Catwoman theme. <laughs> Catman. <laughs> um, and then the whole soundtrack. Music, the way it incorporates something in the way is fantastic. Yes. It just fits the atmosphere so The whole well. soundtrack. Unlike... All quiet. <laughs> I mean, and then of course Babylon. I mean, come on, Babylon itself was the pieces ah! like Babylon was ah uh, like Call Me Manny and 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 Voodoo Mama and Toad. They went so hard. Like it did not need to go that hard to be snubbed. I'm very upset about that. Uh, I think a lot of people were just tired of it from the trailer. <laughs> I don't care. I I'm not tired it. of it. It's very good. Yeah. I, I was tired of it, but again, I work in the theater, so I had to hear it for like <laughs> no, but like a here's couple the thing. months over and when over. You get to the ending, Jared. That, that ending, I need to like I, I can't wait for you to watch the Every movie. Every time the I see movie. you guys talk about it in the in the in the circle, so <laughs> but the thing is, like, like I keep watching like edits of the ending, and I still never get tired of that song. Like, it makes it so much yeah, better. It, so it's like it's a I, fascinating ending. I loved it. again. It's a fascinating ending. I should I should probably explain for the listeners that are confused about this. I went to see Babylon. It was a Monday night. Two weeks, three weeks after it came out. It was dead. Avatar was out. Everyone was seeing that. I thought a Monday night, I'd be good. But And then it was just me and this one lady and her baby. And the baby was crying the whole movie. She was on her phone. I don't like to be confrontational about it, but it was enough for me to like actually be like, "Hey, please put your phone away." And then uh, she was like, they kept stepping out and stepping back in, and I think they were looking for something that the baby lost, and that's why it was crying. And they turned on their flashlight and waved it all around, <laughs> and I just, I was like, "All right, no, <laughs> bye." <laughs> and that was the one night I could have caught it, and I wanted to see it in a theater, so I just, I. Said nope. <laughs> Went home. Oh, tragic. Broken. Oh, <laughs> tragic. Nah, I'm awful. Like, but that. That's why on a Monday night. <laughs> that's why you gotta watch it. You gotta watch it. No, I, I, I will like, watch the 4K. I, you're I, gonna make 
the best edit of the ending. And oh, if you don't I, so I don't know what that means, but sure. <laughs> I hope so. You'll get it. You'll get it. <laughs> well, I'll get there one day. You have material. <laughs> I'll just say that. You have material to make a great version of the ending. <laughs> true, true. Yes. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, so that's that's the original score on quiet. And then we have visual effects. The winner, Avatar, The Way of Water, going up against Top Gun Maverick, The Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and All Quiet on the Western Front. Such a surprise. <laughs> I'm in I don't know why I didn't predict Avatar. I think I was blinded by it. What did I, what did I predict? Hold Wait, on. what did you predict? I think it was one of the... I predicted Batman. I think I was just desperate for a Batman win. Well, <laughs> so I was blinded shock, by well, it. Shocking news. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So I haven't seen. I hadn't. I haven't seen Way of Water. So I. I. I didn't. I. I couldn't personally pick that. Yeah. I just. I think I did predict it. But my personal pick was actually the Batman because I felt like the Batman had some really great visuals, some, some visual effects. Not. It wasn't shouting out. At, it wasn't shouting the visual effects at you. But it was more subtle, and the way it meshes with the rest of the movie and the cinematography, and like, and the mood, like, and the rain, and the look of Gotham, and all of that. And so that's why I felt like the Batman would have been a good win, if if not Way of Water. But like the, the... but I feel like the Way of Water is like it's like Avatar's the Way of Water. It's like it's filled with like obvious CGI visuals. And then like again, I can't speak to the qualities because I haven't seen it yet. But I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure it's good. You know, I'm sure it probably deserves a win. You know, it, I mean, it's Avatar. I feel like that one was a. A little bit a movie more that's entirely quality. visual effects. Like, it needed to be good, and that's really what it needed to stand on, and I think that's what they really went for. Like, it's the most visual effects, and it actually looks good. Yeah. It does. Yeah. So it's like, For the most yeah, part, you feel there's like you're a couple, a couple things there that are like, mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, overall. <laughs> that neck? I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a neck. Or the, I'll I be love, interested to see your job. I love the one Navi that is just wearing shades, like military aviator shades or something. Oh, yeah. it's, just, it's like, why does he have those? He's a Navi. <laughs> like, what? It'll, be, it'll be interesting for me to see that <laughs> as someone who is kind of partial to the first Avatar movie. Like, I, I like it more than I feel like most people, but I acknowledge it's flawed as well. Like, I'd probably give it a four out of five stars, you know? But again, it is flawed. Definitely flawed. Not perfect. I feel like they awarded this kind of for quantity over quality, which is what I thought they would go for with editing because I, I think I predicted Elvis for that one. I thought they would think all the editing that they vomited at us <laughs> in Elvis, they would be like, yes! Give it the Oscar. That editing? They, had, they, they showed restraint and, not, and gave it to um, EAO. Wild editing for Elvis. Yes. Just the way it throws <laughs> everything at you. And it's like... I... You know, as someone with ADHD, I appreciate it, but... <laughs> I mean, alright. Oof, that's a wild time, but... Visual effects, Avatar's a way of water. So, you know, I'm okay with that again. Oh, I was gonna say, with the with the Batman, like, those LED that, walls that they used, like, those were great. I think I don't yeah. think it's the same one. Was it the same one they used for, like, Mandalorian and all that? Oh, like the volume? Like, paved the way, or is it... Yeah, I don't think it was. I don't know if it was volume. I think it was volume for like, um, that like hangout spot they have under the bat signal, where it's like mm. those sca- the scaffolding and the mm. city behind them. I don't think they used the volume for like the penguin car chase, but they there's some behind the scenes you can see where it's like they still use like giant LED walls and everything, and it's just like that's 
I've always wanted to see movies be, start using that. Nice. I think Batman was the first one that really used it that I was like, this is great. This is what it should be used for. Because it's not in your face, but it gives you enough control to where you can, like they mentioned in the special features, they can set the actual time of day for the shot. And so they can film a specific time of day all day long. They don't have to rush or anything like that. They can put the sun where they want it. Like it's, that's what I want technology to be doing for film. Yes. And mm-hmm. Batman was like the first in from what I've seen, Batman was the first to really use it in that way. Again, the volume for Mandalorian and all that, but personally for me, cause I haven't, I haven't seen Mandalorian, so I can't speak on it for that, but. Oh, yeah, but visual effects, so yeah, let's go to the way of, outside the way of water, by the way. Now that we're on to the subject, uh, we should also mention how the Avatar uh, Way of Water VFX team, how they just got, just got rushed off the stage. They could not even finish. Like, oh, one, yeah, one of the members was like, was right about it, was like saying, and we want to thank our families. And then the music, the music starts yeah, oh playing. That was oh, so, that was so rude. rude. And then they just, they used that to segue into a Jimmy Kimmel <laughs> bit about asking Malala, like, <laughs> Harry Styles. Harry Styles spitting. Yeah. If he says, "Hey, do you think Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine?" Among other questions, there are other questions, but that was one of them. And I'm like, and, really? And then Cocaine Bear came back out. Yeah, oh <laughs> it's like really, yeah. we silenced Avatar, thanking their families for this, and multiple women of color that were trying to also speak as well. And it, it wouldn't have been so noticeable, but it was like immediately after. It's like they played them off and immediately went into this bit, and it's like. It's ridiculous. No, it, it, it happened multiple times, and then we were like trying to keep trying to like sort of measure time, and we were like, "No, some of these men are talking way longer than other people were. They've let them go on for a while. Why haven't they been played off?" And then, like the whole night, everyone was like, sort of saying, "I only have like forty-five seconds to speak. Like, <laughs> let me speak." Like they and were. It still ended up being like half an hour late, forty-five minutes over or something. <laughs> it's just it's ridiculous because remember Michelle Yeoh was at the Golden Globes, I think, when she was like telling the musicians when she was telling telling them off, and she was like, "I can be, I can beat you up, and I'm serious." <laughs> I don't. Oh, I didn't pay attention. Any of the other award shows that is. <laughs> Let me look this up. Great. Oh yep, it was a go- it was a Golden Globes. Yep, telling yeah. telling the award shows producers to shut up after trying to cut her acceptance speech short. I can beat you up, <laughs> and that's serious. Yep. <laughs> uh, um, I think it's my crackpot conspiracy that they purposely made this uh, award ceremony run overtime so that. They, because at the beginning they made a whole point about how like we included the techni- all the technical awards. You wanted all the categories. Here you go. And now I feel like they purposely made it go super overtime so that next year they can be like, see what happens when we include them all. We're cutting them again. Oh, right. No. That's so stupid. It was actually very. It was nice to see all of them. Really. Yeah. Like I didn't think that it needed to be cut. Just let the just. I think that they should listen to Jamie Lee Curtis's rant about concerts, and we should start the Oscars at like two p.m. It can run as long as it needs to, three, four hours, whatever, and then we could all be in bed by nine. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but oh well. So I I feel like we're we're gonna keep conti- we're gonna keep dealing with this problem in the future, just like watching people get rushed off. Yeah. 
<sighs> and an adaptive screenplay that went to Women Talking, and the other nominees were All Quiet on the Western Front, Glass Onion and Out of Mystery, Living, and Top Gun Maverick. I was so happy because I, I, I was so close to picking All, All Quiet just because I thought that that would be the one they would go with. But I, I kept my faith and I selected Women Talking as my pick because I was like, I really hope that they give it to this. And so thankful they did. You see, I think the screenplay is the, um, not the best part of Top Gun Maverick. So it was a little shocking to see it nominated there, but I also can't really think of any other adapted screenplays at the moment <laughs> that yeah. should have been nominated over it. But it's just, it, yeah. it's just, it's one of the more it's one of the smaller categories where it's like you got to find something that's adapted from like a novel or adapted from something else or it's a sequel or is a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Which I would have picked Glass Onion. I think. The first screenplay for the first Glass Onion, or first Knives Out, was fantastic as well. I think that one should have been nominated and maybe even awarded. I don't remember what was up that year. But that one was very strong, and I think this one was as strong. Maybe not stronger, but as strong as well. So I felt like this could be its chance, and then they I forgot women talking was in that category. And so, so you wanted Glass Onion to win over women. Because I forgot that women were there. <laughs> <gasps> Disgraceful kick him off the show Damn. immediately. We have a misogynist in the I'm house. deactivating my Twitter. <laughs> oh, How no. dare I you? Forgot, I forgot the movie was nominated for that. I didn't even I didn't know it was adapted as well. It was um, from a book, so like uh, well, whatever. Okay, do I look like I read? <laughs> oh, okay. well, I didn't know about the book, but I still knew. Like, I think it was like it, when that movie was like news. Any news of the movie were like, oh, it's adapted from Miyamoto's like best-selling novel. Like, it was a big thing that was attached to this movie. So it's like, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I, people had an idea of what it was about because of the book so like okay. yeah so i yes. i haven't read the, the book the second they read the nominations and said uh women talking i was like oh fuck <laughs> i was like i forgot that was there i should have predicted that one. i better shut my warm mouth so <laughs> i don't say something bad against women <laughs> oh i mean i haven't i haven't read the book so can't be like oh you know how does the book get translated into the movie but just looking at the movie itself, while I do feel like there were some portions of the script where I felt like it was mm, kind of, uh, it's like stiff, like the way that maybe certain pieces of dialogue are written, where it, it makes you feel, like, maybe it feels like it, it, it's like a speech, like, like you can feel it's coming like a speech that's coming specifically from a script. And so I was taking a bit of, t- taking a bit of issue with the script there, but you know, in any case, you know, I'm okay with it getting, getting the, Getting to win, you know, whatever. It's women talking. I'm, I'm as in shock. I thought that that was a movie that would put me to sleep, and I, I watched it super damn late. I watched a lot of these movies super damn late at night in the movie theater, and I fell asleep at least for like two, three minutes during a lot of them. And it was not because of the movies; it was because I was tired. Uh, and I think I, I did like maybe like close my eyes for like a minute or two, but. I I was engaged, way more engaged than I thought I would be. And I think that they the conversation and the pacing of it and just, just the screenplay itself really 
it didn't bore me. I actually wanted to listen to what they were saying. And it, I thought for sure this would be a movie that I think was going to be a drag and it wasn't. I didn't feel it. I think it really did deserve that. Yeah, you know, again, you know, I'm okay with it. I'm okay, I'm okay with it getting a win, sure, sure. Oh, and then I have to share, because I feel like I have to share, since Jared got his little Babylon story out of the way, I have, I feel like I have to also share a story where I went to see women talking and it was like, yeah, like 10 p.m.-ish, I think. And I walked in, because I, I frequently arrive very late to the movies, very late. It's like very, like right after Nicole Kidman's bit or right before it, I usually arrive very late. I got there and I saw Tom Hanks on the screen and I thought, are they still playing trailers? What is going on? (laughs) And I just like sat there and I'm like, this doesn't look like it's part from the trailer. And I was like, I I should tell somebody. And I was like, there's nobody else in this this theater right now. So I feel like I have to do it. And I'm like, yeah, um, supposed to be seeing women talking, but it's a man called Otto. And like, are you sure it's a man called Otto? Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. And that then they it's had to like radio song. in. Oh. Yeah, they had to radio in. It's like, oh yeah, they're supposed to be playing women talking. She's the only one in here. I'm like, <laughs> oh. That reminds me. I'm just trying me. to support females in cinema. Leave me alone. <laughs> that reminds me also when I went to go see Avatar. Um, I, I had gotten an AMC gift card for, I think, uh, Christmas. So I went all out and got the like IMAX 3D and used the gift card for that. And twice, two separate times during the movie, the 3D just shut off. Uh. I've seen that happen in a theater nowadays. The glasses, it's like half of it just turns black. Like, oh. when you have the glasses on, like, one side just turns completely black. And it no. was dis- it was so disorienting. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It's like, we all, we were all looking, like, the whole, it was a packed crowd. And we were all just looking around at each other, like, what just happened? <laughs> I, thought, I thought something flew onto my face. I was like, what just, huh? <laughs> so. <laughs> uh. Oh, my God. I don't think I've ever had an, an experience like that in a movie theater, strangely enough. So we'll see. Maybe that's maybe something like that will happen to me in the future. We'll see. But yeah. And then original screenplay. So one of that is everything, everywhere, all at once, going up against the Banshees of Inisherin, the Fablemans, Tar, and Triangle of Sadness. Now here is a little surprising thing. Now as much as I do love everything I've all at once. I was actually kind of hoping the Banshees would win here because my reason for this is WWAO, as fantastic of a movie as it is, nice. Now he wants to show his damn face. Oh my god. He's been too good for us this whole time except when he wants to flex. (laughs) (laughs) Get your fucking screen back on. Someday I want to own a whole screenplay. I have yet to own a whole screenplay. I want to own one someday, but. (laughs) I got that one and Batman at the same time. Nice. I hate you. (laughs) It's funny. Actually, hold on. Let me show you. The back is like so JPEGged. (laughs) <laughs> it's so blurry why I don't, tell. I don't know but it's, it doesn't even have like the name on the spine at all it's very cheaply produced but, but the actual text is good so uh, yeah. nsa24 like did that right uh 
I think they released that. I'm not sure. Oh, I bought it on Amazon, so I think no. not. <laughs> no, I think I There's not even any studio. It's just like it's got the barcode on the back and the front the first page is everything everywhere all at once and then the script starts and then the back page is just the barcode. There's no like studio or distribution publishing anything. <laughs> it's I very feel like that was something that they they did but I guess maybe not. It feels very knockoff, but it's the real script. It's so. the real script. <laughs> and but it's just now the thing is as much as I love WAAO, I feel like the power of that movie lies in all of the elements combining together, not just the script. Like, if it's just a script, but you don't have, like, the editing on top of it, or the performances, or the, or the direction on top of it, I feel like the script, I feel like the movie doesn't hold up as strongly. But compared to Banshee's Condition, that's the movie where just the script holds up really well, and how, like, the themes of that movie... And just how, like, you know, so many new, like, you know, so many nuances in that movie that I was, you know, able to appreciate. But I'm sure, I mean, even I, I'm sure, haven't been able to perceive all of it. You know, I'm sure there's plenty of stuff that I missed, but I still, you know, loved it very much. I think I gave it four and a half stars on Letterboxd. But, so that's why I feel like, especially because Banshee didn't get any other awards, I feel like just give a Banshee something. Uh... It, deserves, it deserves to have one Oscar at least attached to it, but now it just has nominations, so... Yeah, that it, was one of the ones where sure. after the show, I, I thought back and I was like, shit, Banshees didn't win anything. Yeah. Like, Char didn't win anything either. And I'm like, okay, those movies yeah. were like super like high position to win some awards at least. And they were nominated a few times and they didn't get anything. And it feels very weird. Like, yeah, I really wanted Banshees to take home something at least. Mm-hmm. And I thought screenplay would be really strong for it. But Exactly. Like, I love everything everywhere all at once. I love the story and all that. But I mean, Banshees is right there. <laughs> it's like it's it, right there again. Just I looking, think it could have used a bit more variety. Just looking at the script, mm-hmm. you know, not the whole picture. That's why I feel like best picture goes to everything I've all at once. But let's give a screenplay to original screenplay to Banshees. Oh, spoilers, Arthur! Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my god! I didn't know who won best picture. Skipping straight should... to the end. Yeah, I shut the broadcast off right at the best picture. Oh, dear. I apologize for that. <laughs> Liar! <laughs> but also, I do want to say, also, I feel like I, I, I feel like the triangle of sadness. I, I feel like it would have been nice for that to win something as well, but it didn't get any any awards, just nominations. But although, Jared, I know you don't care for triangle of sadness, at least the second half. <laughs> do not. The second half. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> do not mention triangle it. of sadness around this bitch because he starts getting very controversial. <laughs> my my nickname for it in the server right now is I I I don't say it to genuinely be mean. I'm just kind of exaggerating. But my nickname for it in the server right now is triangle of assness. <laughs> you are so rude. Listen, I love the first half. The first half, I me love. too, and I love the second half it's too. Once they even though it's once they get to the island. <laughs> I really don't. Maybe it's on some pacing issues, like in the middle. I feel like the pacing issues happen yeah. in the middle, but even then, it's not, it's not terrible, you know? It's just a bit of a pacing. A bit of dragginess, you know? It's a good I, movie. I didn't hate it. Just, you gave it a two... You, you gave it less than a three, okay? I take that as Misty, you did it. Like Misty, it. we went over this. I don't we care! <laughs> it doesn't go with my how logic, many, okay? How many times do I have to teach you this lesson, old man? <laughs> no! It doesn't go with my narrative. It doesn't what go with how I it? do things, so I can't understand why you're doing that. What did 
I end up giving it. I don't take star ratings that seriously. <laughs> I gave it a two and a half. That's that's average. That's bad to me. That's average. That's literally that like well, it's, me- it's mediocre. It's mediocre. Yes. If you actually look at the stars, like usually, like, oh, two point five is like half a five. <laughs> if you actually look at the stars, three stars is perfectly in the middle. Two point five no. makes it look like it's below average. No, that no, is no. how it works. Two point five makes it look like it's in the middle. No, it it's doesn't. A movie. It's a no. It's okay, mediocre movie. I will say, if the movie was just the first half. I would give it like a three, three and a half, four easily. So I can see myself. Well, then you that. should check out. But... You should check out Force Majeure then, because Kate, because Kate from Discord also recommended Force Majeure and and told me like, hey, Force Majeure is basically like the enti- it's like the first half of the movie, basically all the dialogue, all the talkiness. Mm. So and I and I have Force Majeure. She did Force Majeure is on my watch list. So she did also say I did that uh, letterbox watch list shuffle thing and it gave me this i think it's called the square yep from the same yep the square which also that one was better too also on my watch list the square so i i might i'll I'll give the director a second chance (laughs) (laughs) i won't be watching that next though because i did the shuffle thing and i got widows next so i'm I'm really pumped to watch that mm. because I've been I've been around watch this a while and it's got a great cast, you know, Elizabeth Debicki especially, who I just saw in The Man from Uncle and I love to also intend it, you know, she's fantastic, let's have her in more movies. See, doing shuffle on my wa- uh, watch list is such a such a toss up because it'll either give me something like Taxi Driver or Godfather, or it will give me like the suckling or sorority babes at the Bolarama. <laughs> 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 the sorority very, party <laughs> massacre literally exists. The most ra- random ass movies. <laughs> the oh, uh, the title is "Sorority Babes at the Slimeball Bullorama." <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> that exists. Yeah, I thought oh, you were yeah. like referring to like sorority party massacre, but like okay. no, it's like um, I, I know Joe Bob covered it on um the last drive, and that's why it's on there, but. <laughs> Yeah, sorority babes in the slime ball bolorama from 1988 apparently it had a remake last year <laughs> what? wow there's a sequel interesting yeah. very interesting <laughs> so yeah that's I'm that's what like, my watch list is looking like i love that <laughs> step, oh out, this... step out of the sun before i did not know about were... this yeah, I don't even know anything about the movie. I just know that it's called that, and Joe Bob covered it, and that's it. I think it's on. Sh- it's usually on like Shutter or Arrow. Or I know this girl. I know. I know that. I know her name, Linnea Quigley. Quigley. Quigley with the dog. No, but <laughs> yo, she's been in like a lot of horror movies. Okay, yeah, I know her name. It sounds familiar. B movie actress, of course. And then best animated feature. So winner for that was Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio going up against Marcel Deschamps' shoes on, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, The Sea Beast, and Turning Red. And I mean, obviously, I feel like I feel like Pinocchio was definitely going to win, although I feel like it was also a period where it looked like, hey, wait a minute, could Puss in Boots maybe, maybe sneak in? I haven't seen it yet, so, but, I, but I... I will say, Puss in Boots is my pick. I have some thoughts on Pinocchio. <laughs> yes, I know um, that. I know that, Jared. I again, it's not that it's a bad movie. It's not. It's a great movie. Even I, I think my I mentioned it in my letterbox review, but I just feel like 
a lot of Guillermo del Toro movies. Bless the man. He's a sweetheart. Probably the sweetest man in Hollywood right now. <laughs> I feel like he's kind of spinning the wheels on the types of stories he tells. It's like every movie is like the same setting or the same themes and or both. Like with um, Devil's Backbone and Pan's Labyrinth, there's a lot of... Um, a lot of similarities in well, those two sister piece sort of yeah thing. um but i feel like it, it it's like that with the, all of a lot well not all of but the majority of his projects it's like i watch shape of water and i think hey didn't i see this like kind of storyline already in pan's labyrinth or i watch pan's labyrinth and think oh didn't they already kind of did that in devil's backbone and same with Pinocchio. Like, it's not that these are bad movies. They're all fantastic. But you watch all of his movies together, and it's just like, they feel a lot samey. Well, now, see, so, that's, that's interesting that you say that, because I, so I have yet to go through GDT's whole filmography, and I've seen it definitely. You know, I want to, you know, I, see, I feel like, surprisingly, I think the only movies I've seen from his filmography are The Shape of Water mm-hmm. and then Pinocchio. But I still have to see the other stuff, like like Crimson Peak and Hellboy and Pacific yeah. Rim. Ooh, yeah. But like they're all well worth the watch. I never watch one of his movies and think, oh, I just wasted two hours. Sure. Like, no, they're all good watches. I, I think it's funny with this Pinocchio as well that it like starts off as a musical and like halfway through it just forgets it was t- it was trying to do that. <laughs> It's it like, wasn't trying. It, it's mean, not trying. It I just mean, had there's, there's, songs, but that doesn't make it a movie. <laughs> like, oh, what there the fuck? Tons, I was like, for a good majority of the first half of the movie, I'm like bopping my head along. And then like an hour and a half in, I'm like, wait, we haven't gotten a song in a while. What's happening? And then the movie ends and there wasn't another one. I was like, I didn't they feel didn't, like I didn't feel like it was trying to be a musical. It was it was a lullaby I that got, he sang his song. That's I got not... I got lulled into the false sense of security that it would be a musical because there were a <laughs> lot of numbers in the beginning. What a lot of numbers! There was at you, least three. No, there was at least three. No! No, yes. you are lying. You are lying. <laughs> you, are lying I swear you are a lying whore. You are a lying tramp. Serves me well. I will. I will expose you because you are a lying <laughs> tramp, and that's there's not at okay. least a few. No. Yes. No. There's the pearl esque. Oh, she's <laughs> stage Jesus show. Christ, there's the one that he sings where he's like learning everything. No, you're 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 terrible, and I hate no. you. <laughs> See, no. this is why this is why we have me on the podcast this time, so I can well, get no. out with Missy. Well, so my take on my take on this is, I feel like directors, I feel like a lot of directors, maybe tend to, or maybe like even artists in general, like not just directors, maybe writers or 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 painters or photographers, maybe they don't have like a certain set of themes that they'll keep coming back to, maybe certain techniques. That they'll keep reusing, or maybe they'll twist it into different forms. You know, tweak it. And I feel like, for, so let's take Christopher Nolan for example. He's a director who just loves a, a couple tropes. For example, a fishing's wife. He just loves that trope. Not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying that's a thing of his. I I, I don't know. I don't like it obviously, but it's just it's a thing of his. Another trope he loves. He loves having the main character try to save their child, or one of the characters at least. You've got that in so many movies, whether it's in The Prestige, or Inception, or Tenet, Interstellar. So, you know, I feel like, like people like that have their tropes, that they keep coming back to. I feel like maybe Guillermo del Toro, again, have not seen his whole filmography, 
so I can't give a personal opinion on it yet, quite yet. But you know, maybe I think you've seen the most like varied ones in his filmography. Maybe he just has some some some, some scenes that he likes going back to, you know, like that, you know, like with Christopher Nolan loving to fish women it's... and loving to save children. That's fair. I think just for me with Guillermo, it's it's like it's a majority of the story. It's like. Um, I you saw me sending it about it in uh, when I was watching Devil's Backbone. Yeah. But it's like they both that and Pan's Labyrinth. They both start the shots were similar at the end of the. It's like they the shots yeah. were similar. It starts out at the end of the movie and then it cycles back to the beginning. It's about this kid who's on their own now. And they're in a yeah. new home. It's the Spanish Civil War, and there's this creature that is probably evil, but who knows? It's like it's very, very similar in ways that I guess like other auteurs and like um, I think of what I've seen. Like Sam Raimi has a lot of those like tricks and stuff that he pulls from in Quentin oh, yeah. Tarantino. Oh, yeah. Like I, I feel like those they have it varied a little bit more, mm. but with Guillermo, at least the ones that I've seen. Again, I haven't seen, I'd say, like, Nightmare Alley. I've seen Nightmare Alley, but that's probably one of his more varied ones. Or, I like how Christopher um, Nolan always has, like, the, he, he always loves to play with time in his movies as well. Yeah. But he does it in a different way each time. Like, Tenet true, is true. different from the way Inception uses it. Or... Even, oh, Memento? Memento? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Memento. That was, that's the one I couldn't think of. <laughs> um... But even Dunkirk, well, Dunkirk, even in, even in its own way, even though it's not science fiction, that still plays with time. It follows different timelines, and then as the movie progresses, you're like, oh, wait, these timelines mesh in a certain way in Dunkirk. Misty's gearing up to. <laughs> I sent you a link, a very important link about Pinocchio to your to your oh, DMs. So you can take a look at that. <gasps> oh, um, but uh, uh, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Every uh, song in Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. No, and it actually says when exactly each song plays, just so you can get an idea of how spaced <laughs> One, out two, they were, three, and that they weren't four, three at the very beginning. They were plenty in there, I think. It was a but, pseudo musical. It wasn't oh, meant to be like a big musical, but I think there were plenty okay, of musical members in but there. But they were much longer in the beginning. No. <laughs> 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 they were like, Ugh. they were like, I was counting the minutes by the end of the I don't care! <laughs> musical number in the beginning. You're not such a big nitpick! Oh my god! It's not a nit- well, it is a nitpick. But yes, I'm not, it is! I'm not saying that as like, oh boy, this really affected my view of the movie. No, I'm just saying. And then I he thought did it say... Would, from, from what I saw at the beginning, I thought it would be more of a musical, and I thought it was kind of funny that it just seemed to, like, drop that, kind of. It did say that, he actually did say that Pan's Labyrinth does have strong connections to The Devil's Backbone and, like, yes. theme. I think it's, and like, so part it of a trilogy, like, Kronos. As an informal sequel, dealing with some of the issues. So, like, at least that, I can, like, say that was intentional, for sure. Yeah. But then you see that show up in Shape of Water as well, where there's, like... There's the... Uh, I don't know how to explain that. I mean, but, but it's very different, though. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very different. Is it, though? It is. It is. It's about I love, monster listen, love. I'll just leave it here. I love, and I love Guillermo del Toro. His movies are masterfully created. They're always a great watch. They just feel very similar. Yes. I'd like to see something wildly different from him for, like, the next movie. I want to see... I want to see him make something crazy. Like something Pacific crazy Rim doesn't thing. exist. <laughs> I thought so, 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 He did Pacific Rim? 
You're talking out of your ass right now. I did now. not know he did Pacific Rim, but still. <laughs> Wait, dude. <laughs> I did dude. say there are ones dude. in his filmography that are... Are you being out. serious? Because I can't tell you being serious. No, I am being serious. From the ones that I've seen, they all share a lot of similar tropes and like styles and themes and all these things that feel like I'm watching the same movie again. I haven't seen... <laughs> Like, I haven't seen Hellboy, Crimson Peak, Pacific Rim. Like, like, I feel like those are very, 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 exactly. very different from his other filmography. But I've seen a lot of other ones, and they all... <laughs> out of, like, five or six that I've seen... You know? You're, a, you're a whore. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Arthur, leave that in. I want the world to see the kind of person that Misty is. No! Wow. No! <laughs> I feel like... I. I feel no. like we've been going off into this Yamato tantrum. Yeah, we've gone off the rails here. <laughs> no. I was going to say, because uh, I remember that he was a producer on Mama, but that was actually directed by Andy Muir, oh, which is yes. so weird. Yeah. Um, you, because that was the one that like really put him on the map. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was Mama. But it was like very strong that he was yeah. producer, like Yamato Toro was producer. And uh, <laughs> I didn't get to see my piece about the actual like winner. The oh. thing is... I adore Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I went to see that movie twice in theaters. Mm-hmm. I was like behind the bandwagon telling everyone that that movie was amazing and no one wanted to believe me because I was a Shrek stan. So they were like, oh, you're biased. Oh, you're whatever. I'm like, That's no, this not why I didn't. Good. This go movie is... Why? Speak I just <laughs> thought that a movie that's a sequel to a spinoff of a like B-tier Shrek character... <laughs> <gasps> Oh no! <laughs> I was like, I, oh, oh no! Wow, I'm gonna catch some flack for that. I know. Speak <laughs> to me again. Wow, I just thought, I just thought, how can it be that good that people are saying it is? Like, what? I'll, I never doubted it. I just was like, really interesting. Interesting. Well, well, I'll cut right in here with my own thoughts on how Turning Red. <laughs> Before Pinocchio came out, I was really rooting for Tony Red, and then once Pinocchio yeah. came out, I was like, "Oh damn it, Pinocchio's gonna win!" And I want to say, you know, I'm you know I'm glad there's a year once where you know the Pixar is not winning, it's someone else. But still, like you know, Tony Red is still very good, very good. I still love Tony Red. CP is also actually pretty good, although I I, I, I kind of wish Wonder Woman Wild maybe could have gotten nominated over that, but oh, oh yeah. well, you know. But Pinocchio is an important win. I'm very glad that he had his moment to actually say at the Oscars, you know, animation is a medium to tell stories. Mm -hmm. It's not a genre that is for children or whatever. Like, this is not what animation means. So, like, it's a a medium to tell stories. Like, And there's another part to that. It's like, it's not there's two totally different ends of the spectrum that people think of. Like, when people think of animation not being for kids, their immediate thought is, oh, well, then it's, like, Family Guy or Robot Chicken, where it's, like, super adult and, like, in-your-face offensive. And it's like, no, it doesn't have to be that Middle ground, you know? It can be something like Pinocchio, where, you know, it's it's for children, but there's stuff that adults can connect with. Even more solid solid shoes on. I feel like that's also fitting into that as well. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole controversy about that movie, where it's like, oh, is it really animated? Because... It's a stop motion yes. animated movie. And I, I think I think it counts, like with the stop motion animation and how essential that is in a movie and depicting it which met the would criteria. also mean Mad God snubbed. 
I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. And I've heard lots of lots from it's it. Very, it is That's not That's entirely possible. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm sure that a lot of people think it was. It's a and... very disgusting movie. <gasps> so. <laughs> but very it's great. Exciting. I loved it. I you, you, you loved it so much you canceled your pre-order. For this Listen, movie. Amazon took like three months. <laughs> okay, but it, you can... It was months after the like planned date that they had. Okay, oh, no. but you, you, you and I'm like, I need money for other things right oh. now. Oh, <laughs> but you have to buy it then. I mean, you have to. But eventually. I have to what? You have to buy it eventually. I do. Yeah, okay. I do want it. Yes, but just uh, whenever Amazon gets around to actually shipping it to people, they I already know. did. Jeff got it. Apparently, apparently. Uh, but Pinocchio. People saying they bought it. For Weeks. Pinocchio was the winner. Yes, Brandy. And and I'll watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll watch. I'll watch. Put boots sometime. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. And then it's amazing. And then we have international film. The winner was All Quiet on the Western Front from Germany. Germany. Other nominees were Argentina, 1985, from Argentina, fittingly enough. Close from Belgium. Mm EO from Poland and The Quiet Girl from Ireland. Now, the only one I've seen here is All Quiet. But it seems like from what I'm hearing, it feels like people, a lot of people, well, yeah, you know, All Quiet, you know, that's a good one, you know. That's going to win the category. Yeah, I think the only category that it was nominated in where it's like, it fully, like, out of its competitors deserved it. I, what was the, the cinematography was the other one where it was like, it deserved it, but it could have also gone to some of the other competitors. But I feel like international film was the one category it won and was nominated for. It's like, yes, give it. Yeah, had a feeling it was going to take it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't a, as much a fan of EO as a lot of people were. I still liked it. Kind of loved it. But it just wasn't totally my thing. I can see why I... people love it. And I loved uh, the donkey. <laughs> I, want, I want to give him a hug. I've heard that it's not great for donkey lovers, so I'm very nervous yeah. to go in. The whole Oscar you... season this year wasn't. There's like three yes. different movies uh, yeah, donkeys, donkeys. get <laughs> Oh, EO spoilers. Oh, no. EO donkey spoilers. Well, I mean, eh. I don't know what happens. I just know that it's not great for donkey lovers. It's not like explicit. It's not on screen or graphic or anything, but I will, I will say, though, I do wish Azorian could have been nominated, honestly, because it was, so that came from Pakistan, and it was eligible. It could have, it could have represented Pakistan, because remember, for international film category, there can only be one film per country, and so it's like, you know, you gotta pick one film to represent you, and so I feel like, and so, and so Land was eligible for, for Pakistan. It, it could have been nominated. It could have been nominated, but unfortunately it wasn't. And I saw it for Sundance. I really enjoyed it. You know, it's currently my favorite movie of 2023. It was quite emotional, quite beautiful, and it has stuck with me since I watched it. And I, I wanted to release. I wanted to release out of the open, get a wide release, so that other people can enjoy it, and so that I can rewatch it. But so it would have, it would have been nice for this season, though. Maybe it was. Oh, it was. Sundance this year. Yeah. See, so so it had so it had like it was premiering at film festivals last year. And then it, and so but and so I looked it up. It was eligible for this year for this for the season for the Oscars. So it was it was kind of it's kind of it's kind of weird. I, I I kind of would have preferred for it to be eligible for next Oscars, give it more time to brew, more people more time to watch it, because at the moment, I mean, 
not many people have seen it right now. I mean, just, just I feel like just a few people relatively. And then of course there's also all of the the, the controversy about it, about it being banned from from Pakistani because of the it was dealing with trans material, trans rep. So of course it was getting banned for a bit, but. I don't know. I, I want more time for it, you know. I'll just vote for next year, but oh well. I'll just vote for this year and I missed out, but what if a nice little nomination there? Oh well. I thought uh, Happening was another, like, big one that I thought would get nominated because I heard a lot about it. And also Elephant in the Room as well, Decision to Leave. Yes! yes! Like, absolutely! I am still in shock! Yeah, now that, like, that's also... How the fuck? <laughs> that was also strange. It's like, hmm... Not a, like, not, not, that, you know, hmm. Wow. I think I would have rather had decision to leave there over um, EO. Yeah, I thought EO, I, it was one of the ones where I was like, oh, that got nominated. I didn't think it would be nominated, but cool. But like decision to leave, it, it's, ah, it's, it's so <laughs> Like sad. it's a decision to leave. Yeah, I mean, I mean, come on. It, it just, now see, also the editing specifically in that movie, I mean, just yes. better than Elvis. I mean, Elvis, the editing is kind of fun. The editing in <laughs> Decision to Leave is actually good. Elvis was quality, or it was quantity over quality. <laughs> Decision to Leave was quality over quantity. So sad. Yeah. Oh, well. But after that, we then have Best Supporting Actress, which went to... Jamie Lee Curtis for oh. Everything I Want at Once. <sighs> the other nominees were Angela Bassett for Wakanda Forever, Hong Chao for The Whale, Terry Condon for The Banshees of Interfering, and Stephanie Hsu for E-E-A-A-O. I thought it would go to anyone else. Yeah. Anyone else. Yeah, I'm like, Jamie Lee, I love you. You got me into horror movies, which is my number one genre. But this was not your time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was barely in the movie. Uh, yeah. Like, I get it from a legacy standpoint, but from an actual, like, looking at the nominees and their performances in the movie, it's like, even just in the same movie, like, Shu is right there. Yeah. Yeah, that's so fucked up. It was, it's frustrating because, oh, here's the thing. So, I do find her performance as Deirdre in the movie to be actually pretty heartfelt. Like, I, I got some real emotions out of it. I like her little subplot in the movie. But here's the thing, compared to the role that Stephanie Hsu plays in the movie, as both Joy and Joe Butapaki, Joy and Joe Butapaki are just more essential to the movie. And, and it's just like... And the thing is... And it shows much more of a range. Well, yeah, it's a range, and like, what, what she had to do as Joy and Joe Butapaki, just the, the tragedy, and the comedy, and the heart, and... The sympathy, all of that wrapped up into these complicated dual roles. It was just, it's, it's, it's subtle to watch. And it just feels strange that the award ends up going to the movie, but to an, act, but to a, but to an actor for a role that, again, is not as essential to the movie. Even though I still, li- I still like the performance very much, but the role itself is not as important as Shu's role. And here's the thing, like... I myself was pretty sketchy about Shu winning. I was hoping, but I was also sketchy. But I was also like, hey, you know, if someone like, say, Carrie Condon wins, she was fantastic. I'll feel okay with that. If Hong Shao wins for the whale, I feel okay with that. Even Angela Bassett, where I was like, I feel like I, I, I feel a bit more skeptical because I'm kind of like, well, I don't know. Like, here's the thing. I also do love Angela Bassett in that movie. I do think she actually gives some, has some great moments, like even in that, in that United Nations meeting. 
when she has a whole monologue in the first mm-hmm. act of the movie. That is, like, great. But at the same time, it's also, it can feel a bit pandering, maybe, because it's like, oh, you're giving an MCU role, an, an award. But then maybe it's a kind of, like, a positive upside to that, where it's like, yeah, you're, you're being more, a bit more open to the MCU, giving the MCU an award. And then also it's Angela Bassett, so is it a Legacy Award? I don't know. It's a whole she bunch. She definitely needs a redemptive Oscar for her role in Critters 4. <laughs> it's a shame she got snubbed that year. <laughs> it's a whole bunch of things wrapped up in that role. But even then, I feel, I, I don't know. I feel like even that, I'd be more okay with. But then you go to Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm. Again, not, not you. You go to Jamie Lee Curtis. And it, it just feels a bit disrespectful to the role that she played in the movie. And I'm not attacking Jamie Lee Curtis here. I feel like, and I feel like there are a lot of people who aren't yeah. going after her specifically. And I feel like that's shitty. Go after the Oscars. Go after the Academy specifically. They're the ones who made this decision. Don't, don't go after Jamie Lee Curtis. She's just, just doing her job. And uh, it makes me happy to see how happy she was to get it. Yeah, I mean, she's been... Like, she, you can tell she was very proud of it, and I love she's that. She's been around for, like, what? 50, like, that's the energy I love to see from... 50 years, I think, yeah. or something like that. She's been in Hollywood for a while. So, it's like, I, you know, I am happy that she gets something, you know, finally for her career, to just to mark her career. But, I don't know. It's like, do you have to... Does it have to be here? I don't think so. Here and now. <laughs> um, also, this category... Reminds me, I'm very proud of myself that I made no references to Ariana DeBose's <laughs> song from the BAFTAs during the Oscar night. I pledged that I would I would drop a Discord Nitro sub <laughs> for any time I made a reference, and I I smashed that goal, and I did not I reference did. it at all. <laughs> I did. I mean, I was I was fully confident that. <laughs> That she would award Angela Bassett for doing the thing, but it didn't happen. It's funny because Oscar night ended, and immediately in the morning I woke up and I was like, Hong Chow, Dolly D, <laughs> Carrie Ann Cabri with the C. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> and I lo- that was me. That was me the whole time. Like, though, when, 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 she did it to herself. She did it to herself when, J- when JB Lee was like, I mean, we won an Oscar. I was like, you are all of us. Yes. <laughs> I think that went in one ear and out the other because I was still like stunned in disbelief. Oh yeah, she said, I am hundreds of people. It's like, yes, you are all of us. (laughs) 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 Oh my god. And yeah, so that's that's a funny actress. Also, I do want to say I did like some of Jimmy Kimmel's jokes, even though he didn't have some. He didn't, he had some he had some cringy bits like with uh, like with Malala, but he had some pretty good jokes here. Like when he took some, like when he was like he, when he took a jab at the Nicole Kidman AMC ad, that was pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I I can't remember any specific clips, but there were a few that I was like, okay, this is a better these are better jokes than the last year. He talked about Tom Cruise and James Cameron not being there. And he was like, well, they're the ones who want us to go to, to the theater, but they're not here at the theater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, oh, I loved when um, he's mentioning people storming the stage and who, like having people in the crowd that will stop him. And he like, He's like, Spider-Man's here, and you think it's going to pan to, like, Tom Holland or maybe Tobey Maguire there for Babylon, <laughs> and it just pans to Andrew Garfield, and he just gives us, like, yeah, it's me, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love Andrew Garfield. <laughs> oh, sweet I don't, I love it's so a little grimace, but I'm here sitting, like, sitting here being like, why? I love you, Andrew Garfield. Don't make that face. Yeah, I'd be like, I'd, I'd trust you if 
protecting me on stage. I may not, I may, yes. I may not be the biggest fan of the movies, of the Andrew Garfield movies, but Andrew Garfield himself, yeah. I'm all for him and, and his cousins. Him and his Spider-Man were great. I love him so much. <laughs> they said that, that four Irish people were nominated, so there will definitely be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I love that as well. Anytime one of the Irish noms won, you could see Colin Farrell just like, <laughs> as, like the most into it that he's been in that night. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then, best supporting actor went to, I mean, pretty obviously, Kihui Kwan for everything I've won at once. The other nominees were. I almost cried. Almost cried. <laughs> Understandably. The so other nominees were Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway, Judd Hirsch for The Fablemans, <laughs> I got thoughts. Brennan Gleason for The Banshees of Inisherin, and Barry Keown for The Banshees of Inisherin. I still think Seth Rogen absolutely snubbed. Like, of all the supporting actors to nom from Fablemans. Judd Hirsch? <laughs> like, <laughs> he came in and stole the whole damn movie, apparently. He gave an alright performance, but he's he's literally in it for like two minutes. I mean, and like, yeah. And Seth Rogen is right there. He gives an actual, like, nuanced He does. Like, when you, when you look back at the movie and you know their story, and you, you watch it again, you can see these, like, subtleties that are there. And... Judd Hirsch is the kooky uncle and he shows up and then he's gone. <laughs> he gets... The, I just... I think it should have gone... I would have picked Seth Rogen or even Paul Yeah, Dino. I mean, and it's also interesting for Seth Rogen in particular because he's typically a comedic actor. Like, you're not... He's typically just being himself, I feel like, for, for, his, for his roles. But here, like, he is like, he is giving a performance. He's giving, a, like, a, a more dramatic performance where he is, you know, he, he, he's forming a he's forming character here. I felt like you know. I'm thinking of the scene where he's trying to gift the camera to Sammy, and he like doesn't want it. He thinks his his filmmaking career's over. Like that was a good scene. He he acted. He chewed the scenery for that scene. Yeah, yeah. both of the both of oh, them yeah. did. But. I mean, we can also criticize the Oscars for not giving uh Gabriel LaBelle any anything. Yes, that's another. I, I can't believe he wasn't nominated. He was. He so was really good. I'm excited to see where his career goes. Everyone was pointing to that scene in the high school at prom <gasps> as the like the one. I don't know if I would have picked that as my highlight reel scene, but I can't like nothing jumps to the forefront either. Otherwise, but yeah, he was he was fantastic in that. Definitely. Yeah, it was like maybe like one of the scenes where he shows his mom the clip that or the the like camping trip mm. thing. Yeah, but that was like the the social network scene that people were people were getting all wild over, saying, "Oh, like he's giving all the Andrew Garfield energy." And I I also do love though Brian Terry Henry getting getting a nomination just because I you know he's been around for a while as well, and I also did love him in Hardway, so. I'm glad that he's able to get a nomination. Uh, that's another one nominated for the wrong movie. He should have been nominated for Bullet Train. <laughs> um, <laughs> man, Bullet Train was so much fun. I love that movie. Yes. I, yeah, I, oh, I like back on Bullet Train very fondly. I just, every time I left the theater after seeing it, like, you could feel the energy in the audience. Like, everyone just left so happy and, like, energized. Like, ugh. 
So good. <laughs> Such a good theater yes. movie. And then Best Director, we have Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert winning for Everything Ever All at Once. And the other nominees were Martin McDonough for Banshees, Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans, Todd Field for Tar, and Ruben Austin for Triangle of Sadness. Misty, don't you, don't you say anything. I was going to say that was one that I changed like the day before, like a few days before. I had... Steven Spielberg, but then like I kept seeing the the Daniels kept winning at other award ceremonies, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna change my pick to Daniels because I think that they have a very high chance now, especially if EE AAO wins a lot of things. Like mm-hmm. I think they definitely would win, but it would have been nice still to see Spielberg just because again, like I love everything everywhere all at once, but it, it between it and All Quiet, it was just full domination and barely anything else got any wins. And I think that having a few more varied wins would have spiced things up a bit and made it more nice. Like, yeah, I think really Steven Spielberg deserved it too. I think, and it would have gave him the Fablemans an Oscar. I think this was one of the ones where I had two picks, yeah. and I think I had picked the EAO and the Fablemans. I would have loved to see Fablemans just because, like, I mean Spielberg, like he laid it all out, like yeah. to make a movie that personal. True. And it's still a good movie. Like, uh, uh, this is a little bit of a hot take, but something like Bardo, which is a very personal movie, but in my opinion, it didn't equate to necessarily a good one. So you get something like Fablemans, where it is a very personal movie, but it's also just a good movie. Oh, yeah. It's it's good. I was surprised by how vulnerable the movie gets and how deeply it does go into Spielberg's childhood. And his family, it, it, it was surprising. And I'm like, oh, this is actually hitting, hitting me into, in the gut. I think, I think Seth Rogen said that he would ask Steven Spielberg all the time, just like, did this really happen? And the answer almost every single time was like, yes, like a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, don't, we're not spoiling things, and I think I've said this on the show before, but like, there's one specific moment. I won't spoil it again, but. There's one moment in the movie where I was like, okay, wait, this has to be like a cinematic moment. Something that's kind of like, you know, it, it's through stuff, just for us viewers. And then I looked it up, and it was like, oh no, like, this actually happened in real life. And it was like, wow! I might be just talking out of my ass here, but I think he said him and the bully are like, like kind of talked about it as well. <laughs> when the movie, or something like that. I just love the like fourth wall break in that scene where he's like, I might just make a movie out of it I love that. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah, so, so, you know, but in the end, it was Daniel 2-1 for WWAO, which I'm very happy with that. I mean, just, I mean obviously... Yeah, deserved. It's, deserved. It's, come on, it's the movies. Like, the direction of the movies is fantastic. Uh, although, I would say, again, the other nominees were good. Like, I feel like these were, these were good movies. Like all gen- you know, generally good movies in this category. Not, there's not even like one movie here. This is a strong. There's not even movie. even with this best director. It's not one nominee where I'm like, eh, does this really have to be on here? It's just like no, everything here: Triangle, Tar, Fablemans, Banshees, E A O. It's like everything here is is strong. So it's good. It's very tough to pick up a prediction because <laughs> it's just like I could easily see it going to anything yeah. here. Uh, yes, and then. For Best Actress, Michelle Yeoh, the winner for everything I've gone at once, going up against Anna Darmus from Blonde, Kate Blanchett from Tar, 
Andrea Riceborough from To Leslie, and Rochelle Williams from The Fablemans. Still need to watch To Leslie. Um, yeah, you should. It, honestly, I mean, Michelle Yeoh was like, oh, yeah. yes. Oh. Although, again, I mean, Kate Blanchard was also a very strong contender for me personally, yeah. but I think that Michelle Yeoh winning this is important for her. Uh, for her career and just just for this moment in time, I think it was very well deserved, and for the film as in general, of course. But I mean, it would have been either happy with either one of them winning. I was just really happy it happened. I was kind of doubting for a bit, <laughs> and I, then yeah. Andrea was just unfortunately kind of like a wasted nomination because like they went through all that effort only for it yeah. to be completely mocked and for her not to win. For example, I haven't seen Till yet, but I know people were really mad about that. Yeah. About, no, for sure. About, like, yeah, just Danielle Deadweiler getting snubbed, and then what else? Oh, uh, people were wanting some nominations maybe to go to Women's Haunting to, to go through that, but I feel like that's kind of tough because then it's like, well, none of these performances are really better than, better than the other. It's more like an ensemble piece. I feel like it would be hard to give an award to just one actor in this movie in Women Talking. They could have really put them in like supporting actress, I think, but like that was really that was really tough, honestly. That that whole category was already pretty rough. Uh but I think maybe like one of them could have maybe took it for lead, honestly. It's just it, it was it was a very rarely great ensemble yeah. for sure. And it's sad that no one managed to get in, but um do you think really lead actress? The category should not have been oh, this, and, I think. Uh, Dolly DeLeon also. For trying yeah, to have this. For you know, sure. I think like Jamie Lee could have been Dolly instead. I think that would have been like the more re- like the more expected one for me. And then And then of course, you know, Anna the Armist, you know, why did she have to get in, please? Why why uh, it's just, you know, I you know, you know I, uh, I I love her and I did like the performance in the movie and uh, you know, maybe some of some of the cinematography and I did like the score. But the rest of the movie just uh, sets us on fire, please. Yeah, that's something I said before. Like, I really just don't like that they them nominating that movie gave more people a reason to watch it just to like because of her nomination. And it's like, no, I don't think that it really should. I mean, feel like a movie that that needs to be watched for Oscar season. Even Zach, even Zach got around to watching it, and then he regretted it so deeply. And we, it's like, we told you. But he still gave it, like, four stars, didn't he? <laughs> no, he, no. He, get, he I swear he no, gave No, he it gave it, like, one star. Yeah, or two. It, it, was, it was one. It was I think low. it was one. I think so. I swear he was, like, talking shit on some movie, and then I looked at his LB review, and it was, <laughs> like, four stars. I can't remember which one it was, but it wasn't Blonde. He really did not like he, uh, he was, it's like, yeah. Oh, he was right, typing yeah. on Discord about There's it a, throughout the movie and, like, offering his thoughts. big pressure. Yeah, for people to like watch all of the nominees, and it's like I don't like that this movie is part of that conversation. The completeness, you know, it's just like yeah, there's yeah. completeness from that pain. And then Anna the Armist is also gonna be in that ghosted movie with Chris Evans, which I'll, I'll watch <laughs> once it drops on Apple TV Plus. But I mean, the trailer was kind of fun, but also it looks like it could be really cringy too. I don't know. And the posters don't help. The posters don't help. I'll also I say watched... for leading actress. I personally, I'm maybe a little bit biased, but I would have wanted Michelle Williams just because it really struck a nerve with me. I, I mean, mean, she's gotten like, numerous nominations I mean, by this point, and now it's like, can yeah. she win sometimes? 
and Please? and not that Michelle Yeoh didn't for everything ever all at once, but I don't know. I just something about Michelle Williams in Fablemans just it's it struck a more personal, a closer nerve for me. So I would have liked to see her win, but I totally like Michelle Yeoh. Yes, there was so much nuance in that in that performance. Definitely, I was like. The whole time, like before anything ever like was revealed, I was like, "Oh, I f- I feel like I know where this is going." It's all from her performance, really. It's like, "Oh, I, I can tell." There are some sub- subtleties in there where mm-hmm. I think I know what's going on here, what this woman is thinking, and it's like, "Wow, Jesus!" It was so so good. And it's just notable because now she is the first Asian woman to win a Best Actress Oscar. It's like oh, finally, yeah. it's like after the Oscars have been around for so long for like what a century now or something over a century I don't know but a long time and now it's like oh now we're, we're starting to see more representation and and also it does piss me off also to see there are so many people who are shitting on Michelle Yeoh and you and they're not being explicit about it but you can tell they're being they're, they're being racist you can tell it's racist they're just seeding beneath their words. Was Ki Hoi also a first? I, think I don't. He was like the first Vietnamese. I don't know. You know, let me, let me check this out. I mean, I think he I th- he either mentioned it in a speech or I saw it online. Oh, he's, he's a, the first. Oh, wow. Well. First Vietnamese actor. First Vietnam one actor to win an Oscar. Wow. He was so. I love seeing all the like. That's right, because he even mentioned he even he even mentioned in his, in his speech like how he came to the country on a boat and he spent a year at a refugee camp. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yes. Yeah. Just. I love seeing all the like after video stuff of after he walked off stage at the Oscar. He's literally, or I think it was when they were taking the picture of him and Brendan Fraser. Oh. And he's literally like bouncing up and down. Ah, oh, he's so sweet. <laughs> I mean, but it's but I mean, but the two of them. I mean, that that is great, you know, for Brendan and 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 Ki Hui Kwan. It's just like yes, they have to come back. Yeah, and they talked about that in um the actor on actor too, where they're like they both felt kind of shunned by Hollywood, and now they're oh yeah, definitely both winning Oscars for their I mean, performances and their yeah, I mean, for, for different reasons. I mean, obviously one was for racism, the other is because he was actually assaulted, and then he got blacklisted after he tried to speak out about against that. And now it's like, finally they've been able to overcome that, and they're, and they're back, baby. <gasps> let's hope they can keep coming back. Let's let's hope Hollywood doesn't shut them out again. Or have standing ovations for Roman Polanski <laughs> <laughs> on the same year that he was hiding in another country. <gasps> so gross. Oh. So, so gross. <sighs> progress, progress. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so Yo one of the best actress, and then the best actor. Brendan Fraser for The Whale. And the other nominees were Colin yeah. Farrell for Banshees, Austin Butler for Elvis, Bill Nye for Living, and Paul Mescal for After Sun. Now, I was... Might be a hot take. Oh, yes? <laughs> oh, go ahead, Arthur. I'll save my hot take. I was just going to say, I was, my personal pick, it would have been, I think, yeah, Colin Farrell, because just because you know, I, I thought, mm-hmm. I, I, really, I really loved the performance in that movie. It was kind of like the... You know, the sadness and melancholy he brought to that role. And, and again, just like, you know, along with the other performances, I feel like in general, it would be filled with some great performances. But Conan Farrell, would have been nice to see him get, get an Oscar. But I'm also not upset, though, about, about Ben and Fraser getting to win as well. Because he was, he, I did love his performance as well in The Whale, even though I find The Whale elements of the movie to be problematic. <laughs> I'm, I, I think. Sweat stain. <laughs> 
Venom himself was moving. You know, he got he got some emotions out of me. Even if those emotions are drawn out of me through the movie's manipulative and sentimental means. Pretty much. That's what it feels like. Like I it felt it felt right for him to win because of everything and then just like again his comeback, it just it just felt appropriate. It felt like what should have happened. It was all leading up to this moment, but still I was really rooting for Holland as well. It would have been so good. I'm honestly in disbelief that he hadn't been nominated before. Like, yeah. wow, okay. It took him this long, and yet I'm not sure how long it's going to take again. So. I was texting one of my friends in the lead-up to the Oscars. He's probably going to listen to this. You know who you are. But he, um, he highly doubted Fraser would win this. He was like, I think he wasn't really winning them in the other award ceremonies. And so he was like, oh, the, tr- the hype train's dying. Like, he's not going to win Best Actor. It's going to go to Colin. And I was like, I think after they they awarded it to him, I, like, immediately texted him. I was like, Brennan Train, don't stop, baby. I was like, Let's go. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> wow. You're so mean. Oh, I feel vindicated. Or validated. And, and of course, and of course, Brennan and Kiwi Kwan, they're also in Encino Man, which is also fantastic. Yes. <laughs> I think Kimmel mentions that as yeah. well in, in the monologue oh. or something. Now, and Xenoman has two Academy Awards. <laughs> I can't wait Polly to see Shore. that on Netflix. Like... Polly Shore did Pinocchio. Kimmel so. made the Polly Shore. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. But I can't wait for Encino Man to be on Netflix and that's like in the description thing. Where it's like, it's like two <laughs> Oscar Award winners. <laughs> Jesus, and then Polly <laughs> <laughs> Now I will say I've heard a lot of stuff about Austin Butler possibly winning, and I kind of predicted maybe he might mm. win. But oh I, God. you know, I, 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 I thought he was good, but not Oscar worthy. But I thought he was good, you know. Which leads me to my hot take: I wouldn't have been mad if he won. Interesting. He, he really, he did a great job. Yeah, he, he was. He yeah. did. Maybe not Oscar worthy, but you know. Good. Like he, 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 he embodied the role pretty well. He embodied it so much he couldn't stop talking. Like he, That's my favorite thing ever. He literally couldn't stop talking like Elvis for like months afterwards. <laughs> Is that true, though? I, I'm not sure if that's like a joke or if that's I actually I, true. I think I've heard the man himself say it, but I could just be like Mandela affecting myself. Yeah, because it's like, I mean, I keep seeing like so many memes about it, and I'm like, I don't. I haven't exactly heard anything from him, so I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe he'll get it for Dune. We'll see. We'll see what happens with Dune. Oh yes, if the accent sticks in there somehow, when part two, but it's, it's just so... Elvis in Dune. Oh, it's so fucking funny. <laughs> and then Bill Nye for a living. I can't vouch for that because I haven't seen it yet. So, but you know, Bill Nye. You know, he's always you know he's always lovely. You know, whenever he shows up. Oh, that's the one that's on Peacock that I can oh. see. Oh, it is. Okay. okay, I'm pretty sure it was. Okay. Yes, I need to watch. Let it. me double check. Because I heard that like everyone was like, "Oh, that movie doesn't exist" and everything. Like I think it, it didn't has for to a be. long time. It's either coming to a streaming service or okay. When is when is this movie streaming? I swear I saw it like announced for Peacock or something. I do need to watch it uh, yeah. for Amy from Sex Education. <laughs> Oh and no, it's on Prime Video. Yeah, and then Paul Mascow for After Sun. I need to watch After Sun as well. After Sun is good. 
very good. Which, like, by the way, I would say, I did not connect with it nearly as emotionally as everyone else, which does make me kind of sad, but yeah. at the same time, I can still acknowledge that it's an objectively good movie. I just can't fully appreciate it at this point in time. I'm very... It's like, I know what's going to make me cry. It's like, I don't know if I should buy it. <laughs> For May 24th. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Maybe. Maybe. You're going to cry. I have daddy issues. So I don't know. I want you to film your, uh, you watching it. No! I need to see the pain. I need to see the tears. No! No! I react very badly to, like, good parents, like, good dads. I react very badly when anything bad happens to a good father Oh, did you watch This Is Us? I know, and I'm very scared <laughs> about that because I one seriously day. react badly to that. And, um, but yeah, I'm I'm very happy that after yeah. Sun, it, it it subverts a lot of tropes. Yeah, and specifically the 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 two older kids that show up. To oh, see their I think it's like the pool table or something, and you think like your trope brain just thinks like, oh, they're gonna be assholes. Yes. But no, throughout the movie, they're like. Except for maybe a couple things that happen, they're like kind of like okay, that wasn't that cool, but it's not. They're never mean. It's like they're they treat her very nicely, and it was nice to yeah. see that. I was expecting them to become assholes too, just like full on, but nope, mm-hmm. doesn't happen. So I appreciate that. <laughs> and and then and then Paul Mescal, I'm glad he got the nomination. Even if he didn't win it, it's so nice to have that attached to his name, and you know his star is slowly rising, and he's gonna be starring in that Gladiator sequel. And right. and then also also shout out to Frankie Quario as well who played his daughter. I thought she was also spectacular in the movie. They also look very similar to their real life. They do actually. As well. It's one of those. It's one Funny. of those instances where they they could have been casted on looks, but the performance as well was very strong. Like both of those aspects worked really well. Yes, yes, but yeah. So that's that's best actor and. Finally, after Best Actor, now we just have Best Picture left to discuss here for the nominations. The winner was Everything Ever All at Once. Yay! <laughs> Against the other nominees, which were All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar The Way of Water, The Banshees of Sharon, Elvis, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. Ten nominees total and WWAO was the winner. <gasps> Honestly, I <laughs> I've kind of felt this way since they announced the noms, but it's so weird to have Avatar lumped in there. <laughs> it had to happen. The first one was. I feel two, like I if if it was if it were up to me and I were the sole person on the Academy board, I would have swapped um, Avatar for Babylon. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I could see that, even though I haven't seen Way of Water yet, as, as I said before. But even then, I can see that. I just think, like, they just owe James Cameron, like, so much, because he's like, ugh. King of <laughs> Cinema, everything he makes makes so much money. Oh, that's so sexy. Like, they, they earned that into this man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, everything I want to want, you know, I'm just glad that one, I mean, I feel like that was pretty much a lock, even though there were some moments where I'm like, wait, what does actually win? Because there was, especially because there, like, there were so many people out there. I feel like especially towards, like, as, we get, as we're getting closer to the ceremony itself, I feel like there were a lot of people who suddenly came out with hate for the movie. Yeah. And 
I can understand constructive criticism, and like I know there are people who just don't like the movie, and that's okay. You know, not every movie is gonna appeal to everyone. But I feel like the sort of hate we were starting to see for the movie was like un- unjustified hate, where it's just like hate coming at it maybe from racism, or or hate or hate coming at it because oh, like this isn't an Oscar movie. Which I mean, yeah, it isn't your typical Oscar movie. It's just like sci-fi action comedy that goes into so many bonkers places. Yeah, it's just it's not your usual Oscar movie. But so who knows? Maybe it could be. And then and then there's an also it's complicated because then you had the hate going going out of the movie. But then you had so many fans of the movie then spewing out their own hatred and, you know, being spiteful towards people who didn't like the movie. So it's just like, you got all the hate coming out as my side, you know, from the fans and the haters. And just like, that was weird to witness happen as the Oscars came up. It was, it was uncomfortable and strange. Now and then, like, I saw an article about, like, um, the article, I, I sort of sent a snippet of it this, this morning where this, uh, critic was sort of going off about oh how he wanted something popular to win this year and oh the movie that like won a ton of money at the box office and that made everyone go to the movies i'm like well everything everywhere all at once did make a lot of money and it was it was re-released several times in theaters like twice i saw it it two different times extremely popular yeah it was it was really released a few times because people really liked it and kept coming to see it and also there just from like youtube from like um let's watch channels i sort of follow like these are people that would normally just watch mainstream stuff and they watch that movie like it has gotten yeah, a lot it of broke attention. the mainstream i'd say so, yeah. so like that's such a stupid thing to criticize like oh it's not mainstream like yes everything is <laughs> that um that article reminds me of that guy a couple of years ago that was ranting about parasite <laughs> I wonder oh, how, movie I wonder they had to read subtitles for that and the one, one? And he, like, is explaining why Joker should have won. I, I wonder what that guy's... Wonder, oh, my I wonder gosh. what that right now. God damn it. <laughs> Seeing another... No. Another... Well, the whole movie's not um, foreign language, but definitely is... It, it very much is, like, part of the core of the Yeah, movie. the immigrant experience. And the it characters. doesn't identify with their American oh. sensibilities. Yeah. <laughs> So it's like so much racism coming out of the movie. And, and again, that's why like Michelle Yeoh also facing a lot of that yes. as well. Again, like, this is yeah, the first Asian woman to win Best Actress. And it's just, it's exciting to see stuff like that. I didn't think it would and... sweep. I, I knew it would win some big categories here and there. I didn't think, I was manifesting a sweep. I didn't think it really would. That's why I, I, yeah. I, I a lot of categories that looking back on it, probably pretty obviously could have been everything everywhere i didn't predict that because i figured i've already predicted everything everywhere for like three other categories like there's no way it's gonna win all of this and then it did <laughs> very much that's what i was feeling uh, and yeah so that so that one and and i'm glad you know we, we have some strong we also some strong nominees here you know not you know all quite in western front and banshee obvious favorite minotaur maverick triangle women just you know a whole bunch of strong nominees here so I, it's a marker of the year of 2022 and just how strong that was. You know, I, I've said this, I think, multiple times in the podcast by now. It's like, just 2022 was such a powerful year for cinema. It's a good contrast to, like, what year was the first year they started doing 10 nominations or 10 nominees for Best Picture? Was that last year? Or I do not do. 
I don't but remember. I mean, he looked us up. It was just a few years ago, I think. It was very, very I recent. remember, I've heard people saying, like, they shouldn't have done that, like, every year. Like, it seems like it's hard for them to pick ten. Like, they maybe have seven, eight really good ones, and then they have to shoehorn a couple in. It's like, this year, I could, it's hard to narrow it down this year. It's like, all the ones that are nominated, I can, yeah. uh, except for, in my opinion, Avatar. <laughs> Um, I can see why they were nominated, but then you've also got Babylon, Pearl, Nope, all these horror movies that if the Academy cared about could be in there, tons of other yep. movies that came out. It's like, it was hard to, it was a strong year this year. It was very yeah, hard was. to even whittle like yeah. ten. So I'm finding that in 2020, there were nine nominees for Best Picture. Surprising with how many movies came out. <laughs> That was Mirror Story, Jojo Rabbit, Little Women, The Irishman, Parasite, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Joker, Ford vs. Ferrari, and 1917 for 2020. And then for 2021, let's see how many... 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Oh, 8, eight nominations. Wait, only 8 for 2021? Oh, because that's um, 2020 movies. I had it backwards yeah. from what you said before. I thought the first list was 2020 movies. I gotcha, I gotcha. Oh. Because there was nothing out in 2021. I guess they could only find eight. (laughs) It was nine nominations in 2020. And then for 2021, it was eight nominations. What was nominated in 2021? Let's see. Sound of Metal, Mank, Minari, Promising Young Woman, The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, The Child of the Chicago 7, and Nomadland. Mm. There's a few good ones in there. Yeah, I think like Nomadland would have been one where like I, I'm kind of dreading watching it, and yet I I, I liked it I liked it a lot. Kind of that for me last year where I think that really just All Quiet this year was like the only one where I was like oh, I don't feel like it. The other ones I actually really <laughs> did sort of want to I, see. I I really liked Nomadland. I don't know I still love it. I still love that. And then Coda Coda was the one of for for 2022. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Ooh, that this is the two years in a row that my pick has won Best Picture. Ooh, very nice. That. I guess very I nice. have to tune in to the Oscars for them to award the ones that I like. <laughs> oh, sh- no, screw you. <laughs> that seems to be the common thread here. <laughs> oh, that's right. I still need to, I still need to watch... Uh, I still need to watch Liquor's Pizza. That's part of the nominees here for the best picture. Uh, and Belfast. I'm still Belfast. mad at that movie for cutting Bradley Cooper going haywire on some rearview mirrors. Yep. That was like the that was literally the only shot that convinced me to go see it in the theater. And then it wasn't in the movie. <laughs> it was very frustrating. No. I, I understand reading about like why it was cut. I get it, but ah, oh, that had so much promise. But they can't just like sell a movie based on that and then like not do <laughs> exactly that. like I want to see Bradley. It's I I don't know if it's on the Blu-ray, but it better be in the deleted scenes. It... You can sue. You still have the opening yeah. to sue. Oh yeah, with that one lady that sued the what movie was it that she sued for the trailer? Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for Anna Davis because Anna Davis is supposed to be in the movie. Let's go sue uh, the studio for uh, Licorice Pizza for promising Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Going haywire. <laughs> I mean, I just, remember, remember when "Don't Look Up" was nominated for Best Picture? Uh, uh. And look, I don't know. 
I like I like Don't Look Up more than most people, but I don't think it's a Best Picture nominee. Like I gave it like three stars or three and a half stars at the very most, you know. It's just not good. <laughs> Same times, but yeah. So that's that's like the Best Picture crap for this year's Oscars. Everything I want to watch was the winner, and you know that was great to watch that happen and watch Harrison Ford be the presenter for the award, and he and. And and Huey Kwan, they got to share their emotional hug, and Steven Spielberg was watching, and it's just like, yay, it's a Temple of Doom, a little mini reunion and here. Spielberg there, I think he like nods. They they cut to it in the ceremony, but they cut to Spielberg giving him like a a nod, and it was really cute. It's it's sweet, a really sweet moment. I it was fun <sighs> to watch the the roller coaster. From my viewpoint, it seemed like that movie like. Before it released, it had a lot of buzz. Then it was about to come out, and it died down a lot. And then I saw it, like, opening weekend, I think, and it was, like, nobody was really seeing it yet. Um, The festival buzz died down. No one was really talking about it. And then it came out opening weekend when it went by. No one really was talking about it. Then it started climbing again, and people were talking about it. And then it blew up. Mm. And then I feel like later in the year, it kind of simmered down a little bit more. And then as the Oscars started, it blew up all over again. And it was a lot of fun to see that whole ride that movie took. Sure, man, for yeah. real. It's just, it, yeah, it was really interesting Interesting to follow that arc for me as well. Because I took, it took a while for me to be able to get around to it. I wasn't able to see it in theaters, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully I'd love to see it in theaters someday. But I didn't have the opportunity. So I was just... I was just Wait, waiting throughout all of the time and just like absorbing all of the face that the movie was getting and even like on podcasts I was listening to I, I could hear a host talking about it even when I did an interview with an author uh, Eric Berlin when he came on my show uh, last year and even he saw he saw it I did and he and he praised the movie on the interview and so I was just hearing all of the praise coming from everywhere and it's just like once I saw it I think it was in July if I recall correctly and I saw it in July and it was just like yes I understand the phrase now. I understand it, and and it's like yes, it's, it's wonderful. And I remember seeing the now it's all culminated to this. I I remember seeing the trailer, mm. and seeing that it was multiverse, and I remember yes. faintly so, hearing buzz about it, but not a whole lot. And just seeing the trailer and thinking like, oh, so since Marvel's doing multiverse now, everybody's doing multiverse. <laughs> and then I saw the movie, and I'm like, oh shit, okay. Yeah, I'm down with this. No, like for me, I think like I it was Connor that shared the trailer in the group the first time, and he was like really hyping it up. Is like, oh, Daniels, I love their work. So it's like, okay, I trust you. I think that I trust your taste. So right, right, Swami Man, Swami Man's great too. Yeah, and then um, so it's just it, I I had that idea of oh, this might be good, and then I saw a trailer, and I'm like, oh, this is insane. I'm totally signing up for this because this looks like it's gonna be like in like just a really crazy movie and i think i want to be there as soon as possible when it comes out in theaters just so i can soak it all in i I saw it i saw it when it came out opening weekend and then i dragged my mom to it (laughs) at the re-release and she was she was just thrilled she loved seeing that (laughs) i'm kidding she was very weirded out by it (laughs) i will say it's definitely (gasps) that like i want to recommend my mom loves it yeah, so it's a different taste. My mom responded more to um the Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey that I I dragged oh, her, God, I yeah. dragged her to that one without telling <laughs> her what we were seeing, and she 
She responded to that way more than <laughs> everything everywhere all at once. And then for me, like I, I wanted to, to like show that to my family for real, but I knew that they would not like it. Like I would for sure they would be asking a million questions and I did not I would not have the patience to answer. So like I didn't show it to them while I was in El Salvador, even though I wanted to. And then with my partner, it's like I feel like he might like it, but I will always remember how I felt in the movie theater when when Jobu was was first like explaining to Evelyn like about what was going through her head and what she experienced is like nothing matters. I was kind of like, it kind of like just sat there like, yeah, it's fucking true. Why are you doing this to me movie? Why are you making me feel depressed and validated? And then it turned itself around later, but it was really hard to sit with. Like, Ooh, ah, like that's how I fucking feel. It definitely some some deep existential crap, but then it, it does go into the optimism. It ends on, on an ultimately optimistic yeah. note. And, and my partner's just in is a very big nihilist, so it's like I don't want to recommend this to him to watch alone because <laughs> I think he's gonna be like, I hate you. Why are you doing this to me? It's like I need to be with him. So we, when he's in a better place, because like no. can't just spring that on him. I remember texting my uh, friend after I left the first time. Because I think he had seen it before me. And I had texted him the second I got out. I was like, I'm crying over rocks. (laughs) I know. I know. What has this movie done to me? Such a simple, simple, simple thing. And it gets the emotions out of you in such a genuine fashion. I cried on rewatch, too. And then on rewatch. And then uh, (laughs) it's a very powerful movie. Yay. Yeah. So, so there are sometimes there's been a few times where I'll just watch specific scenes from the movie. Just if I want if I want to feel emotional and those scenes, just watching those specific scenes are guaranteed to get the emotions out of me. <gasps> but yes, that is best picture. Everything everything up all at once, and that is the Oscars have gone through all of the categories. Yay! So now, I guess we're just we're reaching the end. Of, we're reaching close to the end of the discussion here. So, any final thoughts you want to offer? Anything we've missed? Um, Jackass forever snubbed for documentary. <laughs> I can't remember if I said that in the first recording or if that was before, but you did. Oh, okay. Well, did. well, I'm spreading my propaganda. <gasps> I'm now. not sure. And I told okay. you didn't count. Okay. So. Making sure okay. it's in your in your audience's mind. It didn't. It didn't count. <laughs> it's cinema. <laughs> oh, I no! saw it seven times. <laughs> That's a youth thing. My my workplace tried to ban me from seeing it, and it didn't work. Jesus. <laughs> what the hell, <laughs> I still found a way in. <laughs> wow. It's like let me work <sighs> the jackass forever shifts, <laughs> please. <laughs> I do remember seeing um, uh, my theater is one of those ones with uh, service. I do remember seeing uh, staff walking in, running food in, and they'd look at the at the screen and they just put their palm in their or they put their hand in their palm. Just like, what the fuck? <laughs> what is this? Why are we showing this? <laughs> and as for you, Misty, your your final thoughts? I'm just. I, again, I'm super happy that it was a year where, I, yeah, again, I felt like I, I 
genuinely liked most of the things that I watched and it didn't feel like a big drag to get to anything. Like there were still some things I didn't watch. I, I want to watch the international uh, features. Those are also ones that I, I really don't feel like they are a drag. I love what each of them sort of cover. I've like read synopses and I've heard like a lot of reviews and I'm like, yeah, I think I would genuinely like these. So it's, it's been great. It's been a great season. I feel like it hasn't felt like this big, big responsibility. Like I actually got ahead of the game and I watched a lot of like the big categories nominated movies throughout the year. And that was really cool for me. First time I've been able to do that. And it got me very excited early on for what could be nominated. And then when things were finally announced, I had a good idea of how things were going to go or what I would pick. And I loved that. I love being able to be sure of what I could pick. It, it really surprised me how, how many of the nominees I'd, I'd seen just by going to like the big releases this year. Usually they announce the best picture nominees. It's like, there's a couple big ones and then it's like all this like Sundance festival darlings. And, but no, this year it was like a lot of stuff was just out there. And I had seen it already, like Elvis, Top Gun, everything, everywhere, Avatar. It was just a lot of not just such a strong year that most of the nominees was stuff you'd already seen. Yeah, there were still a few like quote unquote fake movies in there, but they were like some of the other categories. And even, like, the smaller stuff, I'm very happy I got to see them. And it's like, yay, I actually got the chance and I made the time. It was great to know that I had done it. Like, I actually made the effort to go and support this. And, yeah, felt nice. Yes. And the, and the actual ceremony went off without incident, as shown at the end. <laughs> oh, my gosh. One, one ceremony without incident. That was just a nice I, Okay, relaxing. <laughs> I actually did like that. I, I like that. That's one, I, I like that, though, that. too. That, that was, was a, a nice that was good little, bit. little period at the end. <gasps> but, yeah, so the Oscars and my final thoughts, I feel like, you know, generally the same, but I am really happy that I was able to dive into this again because 2022 was my first year of being an official cinephile. So it was just nice to go through the year, watch the crap, and then go into the Oscars, try to watch as much as possible from all of my thoughts and opinions, the most, the most formed thoughts and opinions that I have whipped up. You know, again, oh, my first year being yeah. in the bios. Yeah, I was just thinking that y'all, since y'all didn't like watch this like in previous years, like you guys missed out on some like prime stuff, like you weren't there during the La La Land movie yeah. thing. Like, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't was in the and movies. I was like, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't that in the movies when that happened. Oh. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, wow. So it's like we're. I'm hope. I really hope we don't get those kind of incidents again. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm glad this went off without a hitch. It was perfect. It was great in terms of everything going as it should. Right, still a lot of problems yeah. and things they can work out. But, but yeah. still, like, I'm very happy I still was able to witness something like that because it's just like when it happened, you're like, uh yeah. <laughs> but. I would I I would say though a shout out to a Twitter friend of mine Lux who did respond because the way the way that they responded to 
Jimmy Kimmel asking Lala about if she, think, if she thinks Harry Styles should on Chris Pine, and her response was, I only talk about peace. Yes. That's what she said. But Lux, my, my friend, said she should have spit on Jimmy Kimmel as a response. <laughs> but... She was basically telling him, like, dude, I'm a humanitarian. Ask me about important things. <laughs> like, I know. I don't don't care. ask her, like, such, such flippant stuff. And even, like, and even when someone dressed up in that, in that cocaine bear suit, even, like, was, was a part of the, like, I guess, like, bugging her a bit, like, get, getting up in her space. But even then, later on, apparently she, she shared a video of that whole crap with, with Kimmel on Twitter and wrote, Treat people with kindness. It's like so. She's just being very mature about this. It's like asking Pedro Pascal about being called daddy. It's like really, you've got this great human here who probably has a lot of things he could talk about, and you're going to ask him about thirst tweets that make him uncomfortable. He jokes with us, but like it's it's gotten old at this point. Like, please just talk about something. I mean, else there, there, was, man. there was even a video where someone asked him about that, and he just straight up like he read it, he read it, but then he did not read it out loud. Oh yeah, where he you could tell like, he yeah, would try to be no. so polite <laughs> in that video. He was trying to be so polite, but he was just like, "Get me the hell out of here!" You could feel that aura radiating off of him. Oh, Malala also executive produced Change at the Gate. I guess that's why. I guess that's uh, why she was there. Was Toby Maguire mm. there at all? Didn't he produced Babylon? Didn't he? I didn't see him. I don't know if they showed sure him. I didn't. I. I don't recall seeing him once. So that would be that would be weird actually if he wasn't there. But I think I remember he did an AMA on Reddit, and I'm pretty sure like the title was like produce. It said something about him producing. So it'd be a little weird if he's not there. On top of him being in it at the end, hmm, which I would have no knowledge of. Uh, oh yeah, executive producers. Toby Maguire is credited as one of the executive producers. Oh, interesting. Oh, along with Wick Godfrey, whose producing credits, his major <laughs> producing credits are the Twilight franchise and the Maze Runner franchise. <laughs> stark stark <gasps> difference between those projects. Yes. And, oh, and then one more thing I'll point out, the end of segment. Mm. It is too bad that they cut out a few people from that. Like like Shaw B. Dean. Oh no. No, no. And I how Jordan. I missed Olivia Newton John. I swear Jordan. I watched it from the beginning and I did not see Olivia Newton. She was the first one. I, that's why I'm so confused how I missed it. I like I paid dick? attention. I don't know how. Fucking dick. <laughs> and I feel like that's why John Travolta may have may have been up there. Like uh, it was uh because like uh, yeah, he recently went through some some losses himself, and then I think because like Olivia was like the first one there, so like oh yeah, yeah, and then and then yeah, they missed Leslie Jordan, Charles B. Dean, which like how like she was yeah. in the freaking that yeah, was yeah, shocking movie. too. <laughs> yeah, Charles B. Dean Creek was the, the star of or one of the stars at least of Triangle of Sadness, mm-hmm. which is like that was so strange, and then also and then and then Paul Savino as well. Yeah, they Which posted those on their website, and it's like the whole full list. And the Kevin Conroy was still not on that list, but how dare they? But and Kevin Conroy, yeah. I mean, come on, Batman. <laughs> I guess maybe because he's more TV, but still so stupid though. Like still, uh... still. <laughs> yeah, so that again one of one one of the more, one of the more hiccupy moments of the show, but. Overall, I'm pretty happy with what happened. You know, even though we had our we've had our complaints, but overall, you know, 
I would Pretty rather happy. take a ceremony like this where it goes off smoothly and there's yeah. maybe a few what the fucks over <laughs> last year being totally fine and then uh just the mood gets totally ruined Jesus. <laughs> i mean i did not i don't i did not even witness i don't i i didn't witness that live i just i heard oh, i heard about it yeah so i heard about it that night i heard about, i heard about it i heard about it that night I remember everyone saying it's fake, and I'm like, no, they literally, you can tell, at least on the broadcast I watched, I know it looked different for, depending on what channel, but the one that I saw, you can literally tell they hit the dump button, where, like, for live broadcast, there's a button that you press it, it'll dump, like, the past 15, 30 seconds that was filmed, you can tell that they hit that. It's like they wouldn't hit that just for some stunt or something. Like they only use that when they genuinely like something happened. Yeah, and they wouldn't curse if it was a stunt. Yeah, on live television. So I was like, oh, they look like genuinely freaking mad. And yeah. Like, oh wow, <laughs> yeah. that's not good. <laughs> and everyone's yeah. saying like Chris Rock leaned into it and smiled. It's like Chris Rock always looks like he's smiling. <laughs> he looks like he was gonna. Was like oh hey what are you gonna say like what's what's going on yeah, i didn't he think he was like gonna he was get leaning in to listen yeah what the hell yeah that's that was weird i think he thought will smith was coming up to whisper not slap oh my god that was so <laughs> killed bad. the mood couldn't even get there we couldn't yep. even there was still so many awards to be to go through and everyone just was like yeah i don't know that i want to can we go home? <laughs> yeah, it just ruined his best actor for, like acceptance oh, speech God, too. Yeah. So, and um, put a stick, put a whole stain over the movie. Now King Richard is always going to be associated with that event, which is sad. I don't want that for the movie. That's unfortunate. <sighs> so yeah, so but thankfully, the twenty twenty three Oscars did not turn out that way. Yeah, <sighs> fun night. Fun yeah. night. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess if we, I guess if we don't have anything else to express, I feel like we've done a pretty good breakdown, I think, in my opinion. So, if we don't have anything else to say, then I think we can segue onwards to good words. This is the segment where each of us gets to recommend something. A book, a movie, a TV show, music, a podcast, anything we want. So, Jared, let's kick off with your good word first. Oh boy, you guys, you two already know. I gotta, I gotta... Yes, Gas yes. up my favorite movie of all time, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the best '80s horror movie. It's so cheesy, it's so schlocky, but it does it so well. Everything is just—it's a fun, wild ride to watch. It's goofy. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you uh, scared. Um, but it's a good, great movie, and not a lot of people see it. So go check that one out. Good, good. And as for uh, your good word, Misty, what is your good word? Uh, I want to recommend this, but I do want to preface that I'm not sure how people will be able to watch this. I hope that it will go on streaming, but there isn't any news, so we'll see. Uh, But it's a movie called Unicorn Wars that I saw recently, Mm. and it's Spanish. It's a Spanish animated film about teddy bears that are going against uh, unicorns, a war against unicorns, and it's basically like Happy Tree Friends meets like Full Metal Jacket. It is very violent, and you do see a teddy bear's dong, and you will never forget it. <laughs> and it is, 
It's about brotherhood and and bravery and and blind and blind religious faith and being very jealous of said brother when it comes to brotherhood and and, and camaraderie and loyalty and all that right and yeah just not just in religion but blind faith and whatever stigmas exist in the current day it was just really fun and great and leaves you with a lot to think about and it's beautiful i love the animation especially when it gets bloody so if you do get a chance to check it out please keep an eye out for this movie if it goes on streaming or something uh but it's limited theatrical release this month like super super limited but g kids is uh they are the ones releasing it, so I do hope that they will be able to give this a platform on the streaming service. So please check it out. It's it's so cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I saw I saw your review. I saw Dax's review on Letterboxd. And I'm like, yeah, this looks really intriguing. So definitely yeah. keep that in mind. And... I hope more people can watch it. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely. That's the same way I feel about Droid Ant because I'm like, oh, I want Droid Ant to be to go to have a wide release some, sometime this year, but I'm nervous that won't happen. <laughs> I would love. Like, I would love for this to get nominated potentially or be considered in the conversation for like animated film, but I know it's not going to happen. But like, if it if it could, ah, ah. <laughs> I will say. <gasps> Um, Unicorn Wars is not streaming yet, but you can rent it on Vudu and Amazon. Killer Clowns, you can stream on Tubi and Amazon Prime. Yes. <laughs> Ooh. <gasps> <sighs> Alright, and... Oh, and then, uh, one more thing before I give my good word, I should say that Cocaine Bear actually was in that whole bit, <laughs> when Cocaine Bear was up on stage with Alyssa Thanks, yeah. and the whole back and forth between them, when Cocaine Bear is just like, the person in the suit is just moving around, just like, moving around, doing the mannerisms, and Alyssa Thanks is just talking to Cocaine Bear, and it's just like, this is so weird! And they're doing like, Pictionary, or not Pictionary, what is the... Charades. They're doing like charades. With we all didn't the mention dancers. like what the hell was up with her voice. What happened? Yeah. Oh. And she was like tripping. I thought. Her I dress. thought. I was like, ah. <laughs> I think maybe she's just sick. Like maybe she's just sick, probably, and that's why she has the raspy voice, the raspy throat, and hopefully so she's healed up since then. But it it's been it's a fun movie, and like I'm very happy that like I'm two for two with like my super hype like camp Campy. movies they've both been good <laughs> and i both love them so like oh, i'm so happy oh yeah i suddenly watched that cocaine bear and then megan as well yes you haven't seen megan yet watch megan wow. i haven't no i haven't i just been absorbing everything through cultural osmosis and megan's emotional campaign <laughs> and that was so wild arthur i might have to block you until you've seen megan oh no that what would break my heart what a shame <laughs> you must watch megan the unrated cut <gasps> yes i will yeah the un to, unrated cut specifically i'm so excited I to, to see it i'm waiting until i get my blu-ray <sighs> <sighs> Well, and now my good word is going to be The Writing Retreat by Julia Butts. This is a thriller novel, and it actually just came out back in February, and I actually read this last year as a Nat Daddy e-arc. And, and you may even remember, I, I talked about this on Discord for a bit, and the book channel, The Writing Retreat, and I compared it to Whiplash, you may remember. Oh, yeah, 
I think I think I saw mm, something yeah. about that. Yeah, so so ba- so basically, so the premise of this is that it focuses on this writer, who or like a struggling writer who's working as a as an associate editor, and she's trying to get you know she, she you know she's going through some writing block issues, and then she ends up getting this opportunity to head off to this writing retreat up in the mountains. It's being headed by this horror writer that she loves. Mm-hmm. And there's also some complications because a friend, because a former friend of this main character would also be at the writing retreat, and they had like this really rough ending to their friendship. So you know there'll be some tough stuff there. And then once they get up, once they get up to the writing retreat, uh, there'll be some there, there's some mysterious things that happen there. And I don't want to give away any more than that because actually the, the back cover of the book says more than that, like more of what actually happens. But I don't want to say that because I feel like even that is actually pretty spoilery. Like what the back cover says for the book actually gives away a plot point that doesn't even happen until 50% of the way through. Ugh. And I, and that bugs me a lot. It feels like the equivalent of the trailers and movie trailers that just give away too much. It's just like, come on, you can just say mysterious things happen at the writing retreat. You don't have to actually say one of the mysterious things that happened there. So I would advise people, if, if you're going to pick out the book, Try to avoid the back cover if you can, and just go off of what I'm saying, and just you know, hopefully it'll be as enthralling for you as it was for me because I really loved it. The atmosphere, the twists and turns, and it it's one of it's definitely one of the most compulsively like readable, most enthralling psychological thrillers I've read in a while. It might be, it might be a top ten of mine for for 2023. Who knows? It could, it could be a top ten book of mine. I really enjoyed it, and even like again, the work last because when I read the book. I was feeling such strong whiplash vibes. So the whole author who's heading to writing retreat, she's written very much like Terrence Fletcher Ooh. from Whiplash. And so when I and so I actually ended up like I actually like tweeted about this and then the author herself responded to my tweets and was like, Hey, like I actually like I, it, it has whiplash vibes because I was directly inspired by whiplash while writing this book. So it's really like, nice to learn that info from her. And also have a response to my tweet as well, you know. So that was really cool, but so yeah, so yeah, Webblast, you know, Webblast fans, you might be particularly into the book, and I highly recommend it. The writing retreat by Julia Bartz, and also really nice to read it as an e-arc as well. You know, that's always a nice privilege to have. Read it months before it officially publishes. Yeah, I'm getting some recommendations from the channel. Honestly, like I keep adding stuff to, to my like read later. So we'll see. I want to get to some books because I miss reading. I just haven't had time to devote to that much lately. <laughs> I need to commit <sighs> to finishing The Stand. Stephen King's The Stand. <laughs> yeah, you, you suck, Jared. You don't I, read. You're a faker. I do, just not as much. You're a faker! I thought I did. I'm too busy <gasps> getting through all my blind buys on Blu-ray. Ew, keep <laughs> flexing your wealth. Oh, I'm not a... <laughs> How dare you turn this into that? Yeah, I can do that. You or <laughs> like lead into it. nothing to do with that. You started. You're the one saying, oh, I have so many blind bites. Oh, I have this because funky I TV. Do. I've been collecting Blu-rays for like two years. <laughs> I don't care. You more years. than me. That's I'm not fair. So oh, many blind I love, buys that I need to watch. I love Blu-rays. I love Blu-rays. <laughs> oh, I was supposed to get a package today, but I guess Slut. Amazon's a bunch of liars. <laughs> <laughs> so mean. Oh, don't oh. play the victim now. Don't be. The I, I was supposed to get it today, but apparently <gasps> the package is playing hot potato between this and a town over. So <laughs> I showed oh. I showed Misty this. 
It, it literally said, one package said Houston, and then the next day California, and then the next day Houston, then California. And I'm like, huh? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so confusing. <sighs> well, was... oh, friends Fraser, I also loved how he used real team quips. And yeah, his acceptance speech. I, I don't, I, I don't know that he had that prepared either. I think I read that he didn't prepare a speech really, which would make it all the more impressive that he just had all these wow. whale quips prepared or not prepared. Pull out of his pocket. I'm not sure if there's any weight to that statement, but that would make it even more impressive. It's a good speech either way, but if it were ad libbed, it's even better. I know that at the beginning nice, it definitely nice. felt very like yeah, I had Gross. to be like he's just ad living. It was he was very much like passionate and like just super surprised by what happened. <laughs> <sighs> well, that's our twenty twenty three Oscars recap. Thank you so much for coming on here. Thank you now for having us. Yes. And now you can so like your socials, you know, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on, I'm usually on Letterboxd at Cookie Baba. You can, I guess you could follow me on YouTube at Cookie Baba YT. I don't really post much there yet, except for a couple of Bo Burnham edits and uh, Gayzilla. That's <laughs> <laughs> Gayzilla. Gayzilla deserves more uh, popularity. You know I should have done, uh, done Gayzilla instead of Killer Clowns. Yeah, Gayzilla. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> <gasps> it's gonna become a whole movie one day i know it <laughs> a whole franchise excuse yeah. you <laughs> yes case a lot but it's gay kong i have a trilogy outline better freaking cast me <laughs> as what <laughs> as something and give me a voice of a role or something give me, give me your best it. give me your best godzilla roller Oh my god, I don't need to do the roar. I no, I need to hear I need to hear you. No! <laughs> Godzilla roar, please. No! I will buy you a Blu-ray if you do a <laughs> your best. <laughs> Alright, that was that was worth about one black Adam. One black Adam purchase. You will not do that to me. See you in a week, Misty. You, I purposely not watch that damn movie. You will not make me do that. Wait, wait. So, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff any other social to promote, or is that it? That's 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 yeah, that's it. Just a letterbox and YouTube. Alrighty, this, this old chap. And then for you, Misty. Um, don't support Cookie Baba. Because he's Ooh. lame. Oh, but you can follow oh, wow. me. Oh, you, you can follow me because I'm cooler at uh, TikTok Misty Rose VA and Misty Rose 98 on Letterboxd. I, I am trying to watch more movies recently because it's just been slow as hell. But when I get there, I usually post some, some very frequent reviews and crap. And yeah. I'm trying to be more active on TikTok too. Try doing whatever. Eh, I don't care anymore. (laughs) Oh, you could also sub to me at Cookie Baba Streams on Twitch. I don't stream, but (laughs) yeah, support me over Misty Twitch as well. Yeah, gotta be plugging. Always be plugging. Gotta top this bitch right here. One day, one day I'll come back to Twitch, and my all my thirty followers will get a notification. 
No one will be there. <laughs> Myself included. <gasps> <laughs> you won't be there because you'll be banned. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Please. I would. Don't tempt me. I want to. I want to not be there. I don't want to be banned. Bad I want the choice. <laughs> And as for my socials, you can find this podcast on Twitter and Instagram at two underscore sense critic. You can follow my personal accounts on Twitter, GoodPods, Storygraph, Letterboxd, and TikTok at author underscore ant18. You can find me on Goodreads at author Howell. If you want to email me, you can reach me at email twosensecritic at yahoo.com. You can also check out my blog at twosensecritic.com. And make sure you subscribe, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's on iTunes, Stitcher, Anchor, Spotify, GoodPods, Overcast, you know, any of those services. And make sure you do the ratings and reviews especially because it helps to move us indie podcasters up the charts. And now, once again, thank you so much, Misty, Jared, for joining me on this episode. For you, Misty, it was with, with, with your returning guest, and then Jared... You are the newcomer. Also yeah. returning, technically. <laughs> <gasps> well, mm-hmm. Again, in spirit, you were anyway, here before. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I'll Mandela affect everybody into thinking I was there the first time. Jeez. <laughs> and then they'll go back and listen again and be like, oh, wait. <laughs> <gasps> oh, yes. Thank- again, thank you so much for coming on. You're a blast. <laughs> thank you for having us, Arthur. You're welcome. Bye. <gasps> Bye-bye. And until next time, stay healthy and stay strong.